Allen. Morning, happy Valentine's Day to one and all. Love and bonhomie and roses and chocolates. But Christo was quite right. He was quite right. It isn't for married people, it's for single people. It's for single people who are sad and lonely and don't have anybody. Which roughly includes most of the people around here this morning. I mean, I've never known so many single people in one place. <laughs> it's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, one, one poor soul, I, I will not mention who it is, apparently lost his, his girlfriend to, um, I think, an X Factor contestant. And, uh, and it, it's one of these things, you know, they, they were going out for a little while and then she went off to uni... And, of course, that's when it all goes, uh, all goes pear-shaped. Because once people go to uni, there's, there's, there's no chance of keeping a relationship going because there's so much on offer at uni. You go, blimey, I'm away from home. And I've got my own room. Uh, all right, I have to share with somebody. And there's all that... Look at all this talent. God, fantastic. Love it to pieces. Love it to pieces. But anyway, actually, some people around here are single, and I can't believe that they are. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a particularly attractive person, but even I can pull... You know, it's it's not that difficult. I mean, even on Feb the 14th, I mean, Christo, admittedly, he did say that it's it's mainly his, his friends who are worried about him. And to be honest with you, I mean, we do worry, because he's, he's going to be a burden on people. You know, as he gets a little bit older, he is going to be the singleton who turns up to all the parties, everybody else will be in couples and holding hands, and then there'll be Christo. So he goes on holiday every year to the same place, with all his friends, and they're all, you know, in relationships and hugging and snogging, and then there's Christo. And it's a case of, can we find him some? I mean, I keep saying to him, go on a dating site. You know, go on a... And he's tried those. That doesn't work, because he, he, he puts up a picture of himself, which, I mean, to be honest with you, to use the word airbrushed is not using a term lightly. So when they finally meet him, they discover that he is about the size of the picture he's posted. And it turns in, it's, you know, it's not easy. You know, people are standing there going, are you here? And a little voice, I'm here, I'm here. And he's sort of, he's down on the ground somewhere. But, I mean, he might meet somebody at his show. Because he's going to be seen in the flesh, as you know. He's doing this show at the Charles Cryer Theatre in Carl Shorten, 29th of Feb through to 1st of March. Now, if you, if you don't meet somebody there, there's no hope. I mean, there's no hope. I mean, there's details on suttontheatres.co.uk. suttontheatres.co.uk. It's called Glitterballs. Slightly camp show. That would be an understatement. It's, it, no, I know, you'd never... With the title Glitterballs, you'd never guess, would you? So, and he, he will probably meet people. If he doesn't meet somebody, it'll mean that he's, he's not actually trying. But the trouble is, I think that if you want to go out with somebody today, <clears throat> and today's a very good day when we're all feeling a little bit romantic, and, uh, yeah, and, and it's never a good idea to go out with somebody in the same business as yourself. You know, I always think, if you're going to go out with somebody, go out with somebody outside of the business. That way they're a bit more appreciative... <laughs> And also, I, I never like Greek food anyway. And um, and so I'm sort of thinking, you know, how do you meet people nowadays? And the answer is, you can stand in a bar, and you and you can have a few drinks, and then have a few more drinks, and then eventually you're so gone that you couldn't meet anybody anyway. So that that's pointless, isn't it? You can go to some of these. There are some quite nice upmarket mixing groups where you sort of go there, and somebody has dinner, and then they go, and, and this and this is Christo. And then it all goes very quiet. And then you discover they've all left. And you go, um, so, no, he's, he's, he's not really looking for somebody tonight. And you could, or you could put an advert, couldn't you? In loot or something like that. Or advertise yourself on eBay to meet somebody. I mean, there must, I mean, to be honest with you, it's a big country. There's 65, 70 million. There's got to be somebody for him somewhere. I mean, I'm feeling quite depressed. I mean, blimey, if we can't find anybody for, for Joe, on the, what hope for you? And he's much better looking. He's much... And he's got youth on his side. You're, of course, pushing into your middle 30s now. And once you get to that stage, there's no hope. 
No hope at all. But it doesn't matter, because I'm, I'm, I'm determined to find him somebody. I really am. If we have to go down the old people's home and drag my auntie Enid out of retirement, I'm determined that he will have a date at some point this year. It's my, it's my mission. I can, I, can, I can be that person who can wave their magic wand and find, and find people. Uh, so we have got loads of cards. <laughs> I'll wait till he's left the building before we start doing those. And, uh, and I thought this morning as well, a bit later on, we'll open up the phone lines and you can send Valentine wishes. You know? You know like, I mean, it might not be to somebody you know. It might be to somebody else. SuttonTheatres.co.uk, OK, is the, is the website for, for Christo's show. 29th of Feb through to 1st of March, OK? Uh, we take all your texts and emails, 84850, steve at uk or 08456060973, as Ali Desai goes back in prison again. He's like a bit of a, a bit of a yo-yo, isn't he, really? He's out of prison? He's in prison. He's out of prison? He's in prison. It's, uh, it's just non-stop, I'm afraid. I don't like him. But I think you're entitled not to like people nowadays. You see people and you think, something about you I don't like. I don't know what it is. I just don't like you. I don't, I don't, I don't like this, uh, this uh, hate cleric. I don't like him. I don't like his wife. I don't like anything about them. I just, you know, they're, they're just sort of people, they just come over as, as unpleasant. And I'm afraid I'm, I'm fiercely patriotic and think that on Valentine's Day we should sort of love as many people as possible. I don't like him. The terror back on the streets. I mean, you know, the pictures of the papers, it's going to cost us about ten grand a week to look after him which I think is a, is a terrible waste of money, terrible waste of money. The other thing, actually, for, for Valentine's Day, which I find very strange, is that uh, singer and Dancing on Ice winner Suzanne Shaw has separated from her radio DJ husband, Jason King. Now, to be honest with you, I don't know who Jason King is. I'm sure he's very lovely. D- does he work for our group? I can't remember <laughs> whether he works for us. But, um... Oh, no, wait, he, he works... Uh, oh, he's on Heart Solent in Hampshire. But they've split, wait for this, due to pressure of work. And I'm thinking... Well, other people make marriages work and relationships work and they spend a lot of time apart. I mean, why can't these people make it work? I don't understand. Whenever people say to me, it's pressure of work, and I always think, well, but how many jobs are you holding down? You know, if, if, if you're just... I mean, I suppose you, you could argue the fact that Christo couldn't find somebody for pressure of work because of the peculiar time that he's, uh, that he's on the radio. Could be that, couldn't it? It could be the fact that sort of people say, well, you know, because you're on the radio and you finish at four in the morning, that would make it difficult to hold down a, a, um, a relationship. But I, mean, I think it, it's all doable. It's all doable. You've noticed the throat is much better. I went through the whole of yesterday. I had a dreadful time yesterday. Dreadful. My throat swelled up so much I couldn't swallow. And, uh, and I had a very nice tea and I, it was hurting every time I was swallowing. And then Sam Pittis, you know, the newsreader, had said to me yesterday, he said, if, if you cut out drinking... That'll be, that'll be better for you. So yesterday, I poured myself a glass of wine, and, uh, and, and then, and I, and I sort of thought, shall I drink it, shall I not drink it? And then I didn't drink it. And I actually threw it away, which I thought was a bit brave of me, really. It was only Pinot Grigio. And, you know, I had the best night's sleep I've ever had. I didn't, uh, I didn't do any coughing on the way in this morning. I felt like a little bit of a cough, but I'm, so far I'm doing, I'm doing okay. So it's obviously the way forward. But this blooming thing, it's just driving me crackers. It is absolutely... And strangely enough, I was thinking yesterday about, about my friend Ray Reynolds, who comes from Woodford Green. And, and in, my, in my dream, <laughs> this is so bizarre, I thought to myself, I've not heard from Ray from Woodford Green for a little while. Lo and behold, I walk in this morning, what do I get? A package from Ray from Woodford Green. I mean, it's, it's just a psychic Steve or what this morning. Psychic Steve or what? Papers still full of Whitney Houston and uh, the police investigation 
drugs from nine doctors. I told you in America, it's very easy to register with lots and lots of doctors and get lots and lots of tablets. And if you get lots and lots of tablets, you can overdose lots and lots of times. Although, sadly, only the once for that uh, for that end result. Celine Dion has blamed it on the drug culture of show business, and she's absolutely right. It runs rife through show business. It runs rife through it. I've, I've met people, I know people, who take drugs. Not up to me to tell them not to take them. That's up to them to know whether or not it's right for them or it's, or it's wrong for them. And that's the only... I don't really have any other comment on that. I think it's terribly sad of Whitney Houston. She was on a, she was on a hiding to nothing. She was on a downward spiral. The old clichés come out. You know, she was, she was in a place where she thought maybe she was happy. But sadly, most, most drug users, people, when they get to this stage, they're not happy at all. They're, um, they're, they're just terribly sad. And they're very lonely. You know, I think it's drugs. Because if you're in a very good state of, of mind and you're enjoying everything, why would you want to take drugs? You know, it, it's not going to enhance things. It just makes things a little bit better, I'm afraid. I've noticed that Frankie Boyle's been banned uh, from a theatre of a sick jokes he made about Katie Harvey's... Uh, sorry, Katie Price's disabled son, Harvey. Bosses at the Wales Millennium Centre which is home to the Touch Trust charity for autistic children and people with learning difficulties, said he was not welcome there. As far as I know, he's not booked in there. He's not remotely interested. In Why would he worry? He's laughing all the way to the bank. This man must have coined a fortune. You know, to be honest about it, nobody ever took action against the jokes he made about Harvey. Nobody cares. The only person who cared when she was told about it was Katie Price. I admit, poor taste. But, you know, either she was going to do something, but no, she just droned on and on to the papers about how, how awful it was and all the rest of it. Because there is no case to answer. It's comedy. Whether you like it or not, that's your business. You know, people went, went to see uh, all sorts of comedians over the years, some of whom were just vile and doing, you know, dreadful things, and some of whom were just so lame it was embarrassing. At the end of the day, if you go and see a Frankie Boyle show, you better know what to expect. He'll take the... out of everybody. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if you're stupid enough to book a ticket and then be offended afterwards. There was a story in the paper today of, uh, of a school in Essex. And uh, <clears throat> to raise money for the school, they put on some male strippers. And, <laughs> which went down apparently quite well. I think they raised nearly £2,000. And a couple of the parents went, how disgusting is this? They were like that, they were talking like that. This is disgusting. This is filth. This is ju- These people are perverts. You know, you can imagine, can't you, why why some parents would be like this? Because it's it's a little children's school. The little kids weren't there. It was, I think it was just comedy striptease kind of thing, you know. And all the parents loved it. They must have done. They bought tickets for it. But there's always some people who never see the funny side of things. They always see something pervy in it, which generally is something the matter with their mind. They're, 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 they're generally a little bit peculiar. Just a fraction peculiar. Talking of peculiar, here he is. I mentioned him yesterday. They've, they've gone big on it again today in the paper. I don't know why. And this is some stupid man who uh, crawled across the River Stour to rescue his dog, who was swimming in the water. And so he goes on thin ice. What a buffoon. What a buffoon. What a stupid man. And uh, so what they've done now, they've said to the papers, can you identify him? Just looks like any other fat old bloke with a pair of red pants on. It could be anybody. Could be anybody. I'm reckoning, I don't know, let's say, Ali Desai? Who do you reckon? I don't know, it could be anybody. And so they're, they're now saying, I've said before, if your dog falls into the water, leave it. It'll find its own way out. They're a little bit cleverer than we are. We're just a bit too stupid. We saw that other woman, didn't we, up at Hampstead, pushing her baby in a pushchair on an icy pond. What a bozo. What a bozo. Anyway, Valentine's Day. We're going to spread love this morning. We're going to spread a lot of love. 
because I'm feeling in that kind of sort of loving mood. And if you're feeling in a loving... I mean, it only happens one day of the year, for God's sake. Make the most of it. And we'll read out all your texts and your emails and your tweets and everything else. And you can call us on 0845 Because why? Because we L-O-V-E you. This is LBC Night Allen. Morning. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> it's one of those kind of days today. Many of you will be going, I wish I'd shut up with the Valentine's stuff. But it's only, it's only one day of the year. One day of the year where we all love each other. Today is the day I accept Katie Price and my big fat gypsy wedding. And uh, Mark Wright and Kerry Katona and Amy Childs and Arge and Denise Welsh. I don't send love to any of those people. I send nothing but... <laughs> That's all I send to them. I send big, fat raspberries to them. Craig is on the Isle of Dogs, which I think is another name for the only way is Essex. But anyway, uh, well done to you. He says, I love the show. You make me laugh. That's always good fun, isn't it? I always say if you make somebody laugh, it's kind of... You can charm people, I think. If you make, make somebody laugh, it always works. I noticed Princess Diana sent a, a Valentine's card to a lonely royal servant. And it's up for sale for £8,000. £8,000. It was a footman. And the jokey message says, Hey, Valentine, not many men receive a Valentine's card from Princess Diana. Inside it goes on, and you're one of them. And she signed it to George from Diana. It's been sold by the valet's family following his death. Dealer Mark Riddle said, I was amazed when I saw it. George had a host of Diana memorabilia. So that's nice, isn't it? I mean, no, he's sort of, he's sort of selling, selling it, or the, or the family is selling it, I suppose. Oh, guess who died? Guess who died? Somebody died the other day. Not, not Whitney Houston. Wait a minute, I've, I only found it a short while ago, and it's tucked away inside the papers. I was absolutely mortified when I discovered that he died. Wait a minute. Give me a... Oh, I see that um, Meredith What's-It woman, uh, Amanda Cox, is going to plan a book for which she can make £600,000. Not over keen on it. Yes, David Kelly has died. The actor. OK, come on, cast your mind back to Faulty Towers. You will, you will, you will, you will, he was going. You know, oh, my God, don't search, you've done it now. Come on, Mr Faulty, lick a paint here, lick a paint there. And he also turned up, of course, in uh, in loads of television. He also turned up, I think, in Robin's Nest. He was the, uh, the one-armed kitchen helper. He wasn't really one-armed at all. But David Kelly made millions laugh as the dodgy Irish builder in Faulty Towers. He died at the age of 82. Very funny. It turned up in all sorts of things. He turned up as well uh, in... Uh, he was Grandpa Joe in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He was married to actor Laurie Morton and had two children. So he died at the age of 82. Good innings, David. Very good innings. You're sitting on that cloud looking down now. You gave a lot of pleasure to a lot of people. Uh, Jamie Oliver has struck gold when uh, creating his latest restaurant. Builders discovered treasure worth one point one million pounds. How do you find this? Hundreds of safety deposit boxes dating back to 1935 were found at an old bank which the TV chef was converting. Owners couldn't be traced, so Bank of England officials opened boxes to find gems, gold, a gun and master tapes by Joy Division and New Order. The hall has gone to the Treasury. Blimey, that's somewhat... I'd have kept it quiet, I'm afraid. I couldn't have been as honest as Jamie Oliver. I'd have kept it quiet. I've kept it quiet and started opening my home going, blimey, we've got a veritable cornucopia here. Whoa, cornucopia. And um, there's a woman here who's lost out on an inheritance because her Catholic grandmother did not approve her living in sin. Caroline Barrett stood to get a share of a £220,000 estate when her grandmother Bridget died. Relatives argued that Mrs Murray vowed not to leave anything to Caroline because she'd lived with her boyfriend of 18 months before they got married. Ooh, ooh, nothing, nothing as feisty as a family you want to hang on to the old bit of money, isn't it? Oh, that dreadful, 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 dreadful. Uh, other stories in the papers today. 
Is anybody a fan of Lauren Laverne? Does anybody find this woman remotely interesting? Yes, Rupert Bartier. Rupert Bartier is the only man holding a candle for Lauren Laverne. I did say, actually, is anybody, uh, you know, interested in Lauren Laverne? And he went, yes. I thought he was joking. But no, he said, given the choice, Lauren Laverne would be his pin-up on the... In fact, a little bit more than... He would like to go out with her because it's Valentine's Day. I think she's actually spoken for, thank God. Uh, Because, I mean, I cannot understand the obsession that Channel 4 have with this dreadfully boring woman. You know, she looks fine... She looks great, but, I mean, she's just not very good. She's a little bit like... I was watching something the other day, and it was uh, it was some red carpet programme, and they put on it poor Fern Cotton and Dermot O'Dreary. Fern Cotton, who can't string two words together. It's a... It was the baft... It was just dreadful. It was so awful, it's toe-curlingly embarrassing to watch these two dumbos trying to work a red carpet. Not the faintest idea. It got even worse with film critic James King, another man who's quite clearly in love with himself. He's dreadful. He's very creepy. Who thought his microphone was off when he said to Dermot at the end of the show, that's what I believe is called filling. No, sadly, that's what we call awful. And uh, just dreadful. It's so creepy, honestly. Fern, who sounds like a navvy. Dermot O'Dreary, who quite clearly has started believing the publicity without even watching any of his stuff back to realise that he is one of the worst things on television. I mean, I appreciate the fact there's loads more, you know, worse people than him, but he is, he's certainly one of them. He's certainly one of them. And then James King, another man who sits there grinning. He comes over creepy to me. He's a bit Mark Wright, a little bit borderline psychotic. You know, you're not quite sure where they're coming from, but you've got a rough idea where they're going to. Uh, Whitney Houston, did she take drugs before she died? Does it really make any difference now? Does it, re- you know, it's not going to bring her back. It's what I find amazing. We can stick a man on the moon, but somebody who's died, you can't bring back. You know, one th- you'd think you could do something, wouldn't you? Something that you could sort of get their heart pumping again or do something, but it, we appear to go past that stage. And then, then they can't do anything about it. <clears throat> Which I think uh, is a little bit sad. Apparently, if, if you want to be romantic today, boys, and uh, this is for you, Joe, pistachio nuts pistachio nuts, apparently they can boost your sex drive. Much, of course, if you're single, there's not much point, is there, really? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm sort of thinking it's a bit of a way. So, for goodness sake, do not sit on the bus, you know, with a whole host of attractive people eating pistachio nuts, because you'll just frustrate yourself. It's not, it's not worth it. If anybody in the office today is seen with pistachio nuts, run in the opposite direction. Don't go anywhere near them, because their libido will be at an all-time high. OK? I think I might buy some, actually. <laughs> A bit later on today. Oh, look! Curvy Colleen Rooney showing off her bikini range for real women just like her. <laughs> have you ever heard her? Have you ever heard her speak? God in heaven. If anything would destroy anything in the bedroom, it would have to be that. Mind you, so much so that the old hubby's gone out and got his, his little toupee thing done. And here is lovely Colleen. The trouble is, she doesn't have a very curvy figure. She's just, she's just very ordinary. And lots of makeup. And she's got the old Croydon facelift hair going on. But uh, as long as she doesn't open her mouth... That's the good thing, isn't it? You don't really want her to say anything at all. Starsky and Hutch are still very much alive. <clears throat> I've interviewed David Soul on numerous occasions, actually. And uh, he's 68. 68 now. Oh, my, my, my big fat gypsy wedding is back on again. Otherwise known in the business as, oh, my God, what the hell do you think you look like? Turns out today <clears throat> in the papers that the cakes are fake. They're polystyrene covered with um, sort of like gunk to make them look... Ri- That's why nobody ever eats the cake. Although one of the girls said, on the subject of fake tans, she said, I like having my fake tan, because they're all class. And she said, 
if, if I get cancer and die, so what? At least I'll look good. I mean, they really are particularly dumb, these girls in here. And the, uh, and the naff dresses. As I say, it's always interesting to discover how much tax these people are paying and how much they're paying for the wedding dresses. £20,000 upwards, ladies and gentlemen. I wonder how they afford that. It's unbelievable, isn't it, really? I'm always amazed by it. But, uh, and then you've got the little bridesmaids, uh, otherwise looking like, really, a little bit tacky, I'm afraid. And they want that so they can look good for God for their communion. I think God will be throwing them out of the church very fast indeed, I'm afraid. I don't buy into this rubbish about we're all terribly religious and that kind of thing, because some of the language is just foul beyond belief. But you've got that starting. That'll be quite riveting, won't it? Here's Russell Grant. I can't see Russell Grant as anything. I can't see him as the Wizard of Oz. I can't see him in uh, HMS Pinafore. I can't see him in anything. Why do I just see a little fat queen who can't sing or dance? I don't know why. I I can't see anything further than that. Apparently, they, they've sort of woven little bits in to his uh, to parts on stage so, so for, for, the, for the fans of Strictly Come Dancing. Doesn't make any sense at all, does it? 84850stevenlbc.co.uk. Uh, one here. <clears throat> Jerry says, hope you didn't forget to send a card to, your, to the one you love, Denise Welsh. Oh, no, I did send her a card. Wasn't the kind of card you'd be thinking of, but uh, certainly wasn't Valentine's. And, uh, and one here. It says, me and my boyfriend have been together for three years this Saturday. He's a medical student. I'm a film student. I was originally doing financial computing, but it was rubbish. So I thought, uh, I'm going to pay this much. I might as well do something I enjoy. But we met at sixth form. Didn't get together until after he left and began his first year at uni. He's a year older than me. Everybody says relationships don't work through uni. But a relationship will work if both parties are willing to make it work and actually enjoy being with another. I know, but the trouble is somebody always cheats. They always cheat at uni. You know what? Because there's so much booze up there and there's so much talent. I mean, God, if you take somebody up to uni with you, ditch them quickly. But anyway, this weekend he's taking me to the theatre, to the West End, and um, because the weekend before last for his birthday, I took him to see The Lion King. We love each other and the uni hasn't changed that. In fact, it's made us even stronger. Oh, that is such a that is such a touching story. That is such a touch. So uni brings people together. Oh, of course, the other good news at the moment is all the kids are on half term. I thought the trains were a little bit less raucous and riotous first thing in the morning. There's something annoying about ghastly school children in the morning on the train. They're so noisy. You feel like saying, "Shh, stop showing off." You know, the girls are very loud. <clears throat> you don't want to get on a Putney. Putney's the worst place for loud. I nearly said gorgeous school children, but they're not gorgeous. They're just, they're just terribly loud. I've never known anybody so loud as the school children who get on at Putney. And uh, they throw their bags. I mean, the bags are bigger than the boys. They've, they've got these kit bags, I think, obviously, for cricket and everything else. You have to take your own cricket pads. And the bags are as tall as some of these little kids. You feel a bit sorry for them, really. But, well, I don't feel that sorry for them. I just wish they'd go a little bit, uh, little bit quieter. Happy Valentine's. How many have you got, says Noreen. I should be reading them out later. We're going through them all on the programme this morning, just to annoy Christo. And uh, it's my goddaughter Danielle's birthday today. She's eight. She's made it to eight. So I've just put a, I just put the card in the post this morning, actually. So I'm, I'm seeing how long it takes to get there. Probably, uh, probably by tomorrow. Is your cough any better? Mine isn't. How long do they last? Four weeks. <clears throat> Mine is, it, it's tailing off. I promise you, it's a lot better. If you remember the other day, we couldn't actually get through the programme without kind of a bit of a coughing fit during the free podcast yesterday. So this morning I'm feeling a lot better. I can swallow, but my throat is still swollen, so I've, I've got my, my spray and all the rest of it, and I've taken some more things, and I'm going to go to the doctor today so I can get a steroid spray and then uh, get, get rid of it that way. But it's certainly a lot better. I haven't coughed, so I might actually get through the free podcast this morning without coughing at all. But if you have sent a, a Valentine's card or you want to do Valentine wishes... 
And you can do them courtesy of LBC 97.3 this morning. It's 0845 6060 973. And, uh, and we, can, we can pass on your Valentine's Day wishes to, uh, to the person you love. You know, might be Lauren Laverne. Who knows? Might not, or might not be Lauren Laverne. Might be, you know, you might want to send wishes to Christo. I know it's a bit far-fetched, but, I mean, you might want to go for it. And you might be... I'd love to know what you're doing tonight for Valentine's night. <clears throat> I should be staying in, sobbing into a bottle of vodka, probably, uh, together with Christo. Not with Christo. He'll be doing it separately. I want that on record. And many of you will be having a nice romantic meal, because it's LBC 97.3. <laughs> Oh, dear. Sorry, I was being happy for a brief moment. Because <laughs> it's Valentine's Day, because I've got a whole stack of cards. And uh, emails and text messages. Uh, Linda comes from Sheffield, <clears throat> and she listens to Nick Abbott and Anthony Davis as well. And, uh, in fact, I think she sent this in to Nick and Anthony. She says, I enjoy uh, them all. I even set my radio for Steve Allen at four o'clock in the morning. He makes my day with his humour. And I wonder if I could send, you could send me a photograph of each of you. I don't have any photos, I'm afraid. You, the, you can go to the, uh, the website. I think you can download photos of us. In fact, there are so many photos of me on the website. It's almost like an homage. In fact, if you, if you go to lbc.co.uk forward slash Steve, OK, you'll discover... I like some of the Christmas photos. I think they'd make quite nice cards. Some of the Christmas photos are really good. In fact, actually, most of them are really good. It has to be... I like me as a Christmas pudding. I like me as the Panto Dame. In fact, there's about, 30, about 35 of them on there. So if you haven't seen them, and I cannot believe in this day and age, and if you haven't, why not do yourself a favour this morning, then you can, you can have... It might as well ruin your day as well as everybody else's. Go and have a, go and have a look. It's lbc.co.uk forward slash Steve, and you'll find them on there. Dawn is having a, having a romantic meal in this evening because she got engaged to her husband 25 years ago. <clears throat> we'll have been married 20 years this coming June. 20, do you know, honestly, I was thinking to myself the other day how long I've been doing radio programmes, and it's just 32 years now. And it, it doesn't seem 32 years. I mean, it's, it's gone by. So, I mean, I can remember, <clears throat> just about, some of, the, uh, some of the early broadcasts and looking at some people thinking, they're very old, you know. And now I've got into that situation. I'm not very old. But I've got into that situation of thinking, what is it that makes some people stick with the business and some people come out of it? I've known lots of people come into the business and then disappear out. But me, I mean, it's like, I got up this morning and I'm sitting in the shower on my little seat and, uh, and I've got my shower gel out. And I'm sitting there thinking, do you know, actually, I know it's 20 past two in the morning and I'm having a shower and it does seem a bit bizarre. But then I thought, you know, the week goes by and then you get to sort of Friday and then you can stay up late. But because I've been up early all week... I, I tend to be tired quite quickly, so by sort of 8, 9 o'clock, although last week it was about 12 o'clock before I got to bed because I went out for, for dinner with the roses, as you know. And, uh, and I'm, sort of, I'm sort of thinking to myself, it's, it's actually quite satisfying. Oh, there's all the people staggering drunk around Leicester Square, and I'm stone-cold sober. <laughs> it's a bit of a worry, I think, actually. But, uh, so, uh, Anne. Oh, sorry, it's yeah, Anne. Hello, it's, Steve. Morning. It's Anne here from Upper Norwood. Morning, Poppet. You are right? I always listen to you every night. Oh, good. What, yeah. morning? Morning, oh, not even night. Well, morning, I mean, Yes, really. that's all right. <laughs> so, what, what are you doing? Are you actually up, up or have you haven't been to bed yet? Oh, I'm in bed, Alice. What I'm going to what I'm going to talk to you about is your throat with these um, <clears throat> candles you light. You know, the German oh, yes, yes. candles? yes, yes. Do you light them every night? Um, most nights. Yeah, well, I think that's your throat problem. Breathing yeah. in that um, smoke, you don't... No, you're doing it, you see. Yeah, I've, I've, just, I've just moved on to um, Yankee candles, these ones where you melt. No, no, you shouldn't have any of them. 
Oh, really? Candles are bad? Bad. They're all bad, yes. God, there's not much we can do nowadays that's good for us. Well, you can have them, but don't like them. Oh. (laughs) Seems a bit pointless. That's like having a bottle of wine. Well, have a smell of them, but don't like them. Yeah. Because they last longer that way. Well, you can look at them, can't you? Yeah, but I I think the whole idea of a candle is you've got to light it. No, I have them for years. I never lit them. Really? Yeah. Oh. What, you just have them sitting there? Yeah, I just look at them. I think, oh, somebody gave me that, and you think, oh, yeah. Oh. That candle, you know. I've never heard of that before. Well, it, so, well, in theory, well, I don't, yeah, I suppose you could just have an air, an air freshener. Would that be good enough? No, none of them. Oh, so you can't no. have an air freshener either. No. Shaken vac. No, none of that stuff. Blimey. Yeah. What is left? Air. Air. Yeah. I could have an air purifier. No. Well, yes, that might be all right. Yeah, you can have one of these air things. I've seen them in the corner of the room where it sort of pumps out steam and it keeps the air moist. That would be all right. I that's think. supposed to be quite good. Yeah, I had good. one a few few years back. Yeah. And then it ran out of all the stuff, so perhaps I need to buy myself another one. Yeah, one of those. I can't remember what they're called the now. Candles. Vaporizers. Don't like the candles. That's the message tonight. Right. Or this morning. Don't like the candles. So drink out. Pardon? Drinks out. Drinks. Drinks out. Drinks. Oh, right. Drinks out. Drinks. Yeah. Well, I used to drink, but I don't drink anymore. Right. So, 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 what, so what, what do you drink now? Uh, well, tea or water. Right. Coffee? Or Lucozaid. Lucozaid? Yeah. I don't think uh, I can have Lucozaid. It's full of sugar, I'm afraid. Oh, yeah. Occasionally yeah. I have it. Occasionally. Yeah. I, I used to like Lucozaid because it had that orange... That's it. ...paper that went round it. Yeah. That sort of crinkly cellophane. That's right. And, they used to, and I used to... You, we used to have a, a thing... But we used to have... Um, was it barley water? Yeah. That was quite nice if you That's were ill. Nice, yeah. But I can't have that either because it's full of sugar. Oh, uh, I know, because you're diabetic. Yeah, I'm you? stuck with all these stupid things that, you know, people say, oh, you can have this, you can have that, and I go, I can't have that. No, but remember, don't light the candles. Don't That's light the message. The... Right, don't light the candle. And thank you for that. So some sound advice from Matt. Don't light the candle. Have the candles, smell the candles, don't light the candles. That way they last for years. I mean, it's, I, I, just, I won't be to give candles to people anymore for Christmas. I mean, I've got loads of candles. I mean, I have got loads of candles at home. I have got loads. I've had a few few boxes of them delivered. The uh, the Yankee candles, the, the bits that you melt, and I, I quite like those actually. I do love the smell. I lit one last night and I sort of lit the little nightlight and put the thing in the top, and it smells of old fashioned Christmas, and it was really lovely. I mean, it was it was really nice. And I sat there thinking it doesn't get any better, and then my throat has got remarkably better through no alcohol yesterday. To and um, Sam was quite right. It absolutely works a treat. My throat is... is a, I, I Seriously, I got to the stage yesterday afternoon. A friend of mine phoned me. And, uh, and I said, oh, my throat is so sore. I said, just swallowing hurts. And it still hurts a little bit now, but not half as much as it did. Not that I ever mentioned my illnesses or complain about anything like that on air. But everybody else has got it at the moment. You're all suffering. So obviously one person started with it and they've infected everybody. It's probably air conditioning and stuff like that. But, uh, but Anne, Anne reckons don't light candles, because obviously the inhalation of candles is, is the kind of thing that isn't, isn't very good for you. Just going back, actually, just, just very... Br- I've now lost the blooming thing, actually. Where have I lost... Oh, Dawn. Sorry, Dawn talking about uh, being engaged to hubby. Married 20 years, but she's, she's got one of those M&S Valentine's meals for tonight. Do you know, it's very good. Is this the uh, Coquille Saint-Jacques to start with? Then Beef Wellington, Chunky Chips, and then Triple Chocolate Heaven. Uh, plus a bottle of wine and a box of chocolates, all for 20 quid. I mean, that is phenomenal value. It really, even if you have it all yourself, it's still cheap, isn't it? All over the place, though, there'll be romantic meals on offer. Uh, she says, I haven't emailed for a while, but I'm still listening to the show every day. Four o'clock, little bit early for me to be awake, she says, but I have been listening because I, I do record and things like that. So she says, you haven't lost me. 
I went to two of Britain's Got Talent London audition sessions last week. Uh, they were fun. I'm looking forward to it starting on TV on ITV in April. Looking forward to The Voice. That's the one that starts on BBC One in March. She says, uh, I told you I went to two audition shows for that too. Both shows bound to be up against each other on rival channels. She says, you've had lots of daily topics, which I could have emailed in about, but I'm not sure if you want my opinion a day late, as I wasn't listening live. By then, you'd have had different topics. Christo was talking about, you know, that man who's 48 stone. We mentioned on the programme the other day. And my simple argument was, he's 48 stone. Somebody's feeding him all this food. Make him get out of bed. Because that's... Because if you if he's sitting in bed and he's going, bring me hot... He eats eight hot dogs for breakfast. Now, hot dogs are really... Fa- if you're lying there, and this man doesn't have a medical condition... He just eats. And it's obviously been a slow increase over the years. Because you don't just go from, you know, £6.3 ounces up to up to 48 stone. And I said, you know, don't feed... I mean, he's eating for, for dinner, for his tea. I think a roast... Two roast chicken dinners. And you think, so somebody's cooking this for him. Well, who is this stupid person? You give him something like a thin milkshake. If he wants food, make him get out of bed. If he can't get out of bed, he's not going to eat. It makes perfect sense to me. I cannot understand why. And I think Christo said there was something like 16 people looking after him. What a blooming waste. What an absolute waste of NHS money when we need it for so many important things. And some glutton in bed who won't get out of bed. And if if they're taken to hospital, they've got a special crane and a specially adapted ambulance. And you think, make him walk. Make him... That's the only way he's going to lose weight. You don't... You know, if I just sat down and gorged on chocolates and cakes and and, f- and all the rest... Of, well, then I'd be as big as a house and I could only... I could only blame myself. In his case, it's... You know, he, he wants... He doesn't seem to have paid anything back in. And, and, and they came up with this fatuous thing halfway through the interview. He hasn't had a girlfriend for 20 years. Well, who on earth is going to be remotely interested in somebody like him? Nobody. Nobody at all. Uh, 84850... Steve at lbc.co.uk. Julie says, the suspense is killing me with your Valentine's cards. You'll have to wait. You'll have to... I'm not going to be pushed into opening my Valentine's cards too early this morning. Uh, Owen says, relationships can last through university. My partner and I met before university, and we're still together 19 years and one child later, with another on the way. Am I doing anything for Valentine's? I think we've all got a rough idea on that one. Oh, soup! Is it it cauliflower soup? (gasps) With chives, really? Just need to heat up today. That's me sorted with some crusty bread for lunchtime. I've got to go and have my glaucoma test this morning. And this is where you've got to go to the hospital. I have to have this thing every... I have to have it twice a year. And you go there and they put some special drops in your eyes and you can't see anything. You then go half blind and you go all blurry. And so then they leave you sitting there for 15 minutes and it's a bit of a pain. And then they take you in and you sort of stare into this machine. Thank you, Lou, for that. Thank you. Bless her heart. Look at you. You're very smart today. Like that scarf. Oh, grapes as well. Oh, it's, honestly, it's like being ill in hospital, isn't it? <laughs> You've got a nice duvet cover over there as well. <laughs> she bought grapes. I love grapes. I haven't had grapes for ages. Bit of a treat today. And, um, and they, they, they squirt this stuff in your eye. And then you go in and then you, you stare into this machine and then they sort of... There's little things and you have to push buttons and then they go... Pfft, and blow this air into your eyes, just to see if you've got... Because if, if you're diabetic, there's, there's a chance your eyesight's going to get uh, progressively worse. And mine is getting progressively worse. <laughs> it's terrible. At least we can still see the studio, it's a good thing. It's the day that they say, we don't think we can let you drive anymore, Stephen. That's the day that I start panicking. No, Lou made me some cauliflower soup. 
because I've never had cauliflower soup. And it's, there's like, a, there's a whole Tupperware container of it. So I'm quite looking forward to it. I love soup. I just love soup. So today I'm going to rush out on the way back from here, nip out, on the way home, quickly pick up a couple of French sticks and uh, they're back home, then, then, then change, then off to have my eyes done, then come back and then put the soup on. And then sit down and have, have the grapes this evening, I think. That sounds quite nice, doesn't it? What a day sorted out for Tuesday. I'm quite happy about things this morning. And then we'll open up all the Valentine's cards. Quite a few of them. And, uh, and we have some e-cards as well. Paul says, if you ever wondered how triple, how, how low triple Z-list celebs will go to get in the papers, have a look at Kirk Norcross and Frankie the Irritant in the Daily Mail. Oh, it's in the Daily Mail, is it? Wait a minute. Find the Daily Mail. Oh, please, please, please tell me it's not true. I can't believe the Daily Mail would sink that low. They wouldn't, that wouldn't be the sort of story that the, the Mail would do, would it? Is that the kind of thing? They're supposedly inseparable since they met on, uh, on Big Brother. Let's have a look. Oh, there's, a, there's another lady uh, who got uh, duped. Uh, £40,000 she got duped. An online dating uh, agency. And uh, she said, I, I didn't realise until the police came round to tell me. And you think, I mean, surely after the first £2,000 you'd have realised, or the first, excuse me, the first time somebody actually asked for any money at all, you would immediately think of it. Here's the world's fattest man. Get him out of bed. Get this man out of bed. £50,000 he costs you a year. £50,000. He gets disability allowance. It's all self-induced. It's all self-induced. It's ridiculous. I'm looking in the right paper. I can't believe I've got this far into the into the Daily Mail. And, uh, and there's, <coughs> excuse me, nothing on these two people in a bed. And it, it doesn't really sound to me... I'd be horrified if I turn the next page and it's going to be there. But it doesn't... Oh, it's on the website, is it? Ah, it's certainly not in the, uh, not in the paper. So it must only be on the, uh, the Daily Mail website. So we'll, we'll have a quick look at a picture of that, because it, obviously the paper is far too high. Oh, right, Mail Online. Oh, right, Kirk Norcross and Frankie Cocosa. And uh, it's for a comical feature in the new issue of Heat magazine. It's a bit sad, isn't it? One a cocaine user, self-admitted, and the other one a complete waste of space, whose father's got a nightclub and who hardly has a conversation with his son. Frankie feeds Kirk chocolates, while the former, the only way is Essex star, dropped, of course, of being far too boring, sips champagne. Oh, dear, it's pathetic, isn't it, really? I don't, I give, you give up with this country sometimes. If those two people have any interest, I mean, you know, the only good thing about Frankie Kokosa is encasing him in mud and dropping him off the end of South End Pier. That would delight me, I'm afraid. 14 minutes to five. This is LBC Night... Morning. <laughs> 12 minutes to five, but it's Valentine's Day, so already you should have strewn the pillow, you know, with, with, with romantic petals, and probably gone and run a, a bath or something like that, sitting up in bed eating chocolate ice cream, which is quite nice. Chocolate ice cream is very nice. I love chocolate. Chocolate ice cream. Oh, yum, yum, yum. Actually, I'll tell you what I used to love years ago. I'm making my mouth water again. That was chocolate wafers. You know, you get, you get sort of cho- you get a block of chocolate ice cream, and it comes in Neapolitan. You do a slice, but a wafer one side and a wafer the other. Then you lick round the middle bit. That was always quite good fun. I used to quite enjoy doing that. A bit like sort of chalk ice, but without the without the chalk, which was very good. Uh, Steve, happy Valentine's Day. I'm going to cook a special meal tonight. My beloved doesn't mind me sitting there in my dressing gown, all comfy. Listen, I think after you've been married for about you know a few months or years, it doesn't make any difference, does it? You sit there in a dress. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, even dressing gowns can be romantic, I think. Ali says, why can't we light the candles? I love lighting candles. My bloke and I are also having a meal D. 
deal. We're grabbing the kids and running off to get married in Gretna Green on Saturday morning in a castle at 11. Been together for seven years and thought it was about time. I think so too, for goodness sake, honestly. Ridiculous. Kevin the Milkman says all organised for Valentine's Day, so I won't be in the doghouse tomorrow. Card on the table, flowers from M&S on order, and a table booked at the Manor of Groves Hotel at Sawbridgeworth. Might even bump into Posh and Bex as their neck of the woods, but I hope not. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone, especially all the crumblies, hugs and kisses, which is lovely. So uh, that's what we're doing this morning. We're, we're, doing, we're doing romance. We're doing romance. And if you've forgotten to do anything for your loved one or you want to wish your loved ones, you can either call us on 0845 6060 973 or you can send a text, steve at lbc.co.uk or 84850. Uh, somebody says, Steve, planning to have a night in. Any idea of what I can cook for my girlfriend? Takeaway pizza's quite nice. Takeaway romantic pizza. Or, um, what else could you get, actually? I don't know. I don't, you'd have what? Lamb. Is lamb romantic? Lamb shanks are nice. Lamb shanks are very nice indeed. I had yesterday, in fact, yesterday, that's what I was suffering in my throat. I had another one of those Marks and Spencers chicken with, um, um, can't remember what they're called, broccoli and, and mashed potato. And that was particularly nice. And then I had peas and carrots with it as well. That was quite nice. Um, but every time I took a mouthful, it's half hurt. <laughs> Swallowing the stupid thing. Seafood's very romantic, isn't it? Seafood's very romantic. Longoustine. Or perhaps some, some salmon. Some salmon and broccoli and some nice, uh, some nice sauce to go with it. Or you can have cauliflower soup. Come round my place and share my cauliflower soup with me. And, uh, and my grapes. And you could feed them to me one by one. That'd be quite, quite romantic, I think. I'm not sure. Actually, the trouble is, uh, how can you be romantic when you go to bed at about seven o'clock at night? Doesn't kind of work, does it, really? So, uh, oh, well, I forgot what I was doing now. 0845 at Uh They're now debating on uh, Whitney Houston. And they're now saying, uh, did she take drugs before she died? The chances are, judging by the uh, stories that are coming out, yes, she did. She'd had a two-day binge, unfortunately. It's, it's, it's just terribly sad. The whole thing is just... Sadly depressing, I'm afraid. And uh, as Celine Dion said, it's, it's running through the whole of show business. It's, it's just not, not very pleasant at all. Uh, a lot of people talking in the paper today about the owner of a staff, Staffordshire Bull Terrier, uh, that ripped off part of a girl's ear. She was six years old, was spared jail. He turns up in court the other day wearing his hoodie and his face covered. Uh, his name's Gary Hindley. He was handed a 12-week jail term, suspended for two years. Uh, I mean, I don't know what you say about this. The, uh, the district judge said, when all things are said and done, the blame for what happened falls fairly and squarely on your shoulders. So they spare him jail. I mean, quite clear the man's an idiot. I don't know why he's hiding his face. We know what his name is now. And uh, Adele. Was it Adele I was watching? Oh, no, it was... Um, who was it? I was watching on the television. There was some concert on the television, and I thought it wasn't very good, actually. I really did. I think it might... I don't know who it was on there. She had blue hair. And she was doing a... Who is it? Katy Perry? I didn't think it was Katy Perry, but, but you're right. It, it probably could have been. She wasn't very good. The stage show was OK. There was lots of things going on, but it wasn't as it... It was a bit sci-fi, yes. Well, it was Katy Perry. And at one point, she comes down in a box and there's fire shooting up. Oh, it's, oh, it's well known, is it, that? Oh, right. Oh, it's at the Grammys. Oh, right. That's what... Oh, I thought it was very dull, very dreary, I'm afraid. I didn't even think she could sing that well, but that's just my my uh, my thoughts on the uh, on the thing. I feel sorry for poor old Rachel Prince. Rachel Prince has got a fiance called Lee Warwick, and they're very much in love. But she's allergic to water, 
Every time, so in other words, if he kisses her on the cheek and it's a bit of a wet one, she has to immediately wipe her, wipe her cheek. <laughs> I get that with Danielle, who's eight. I say, you can give Uncle Steve a kiss. No, not a wet kiss. So she deliberately does a wet kiss. You know, it's really quite disgusting. But anyway, a, a few spots of saliva, and this girl breaks out in a, in a skin reaction. She goes all, all blotchy. So in other words, she can't go swimming, she can't enjoy long showers, she can't stand in the rain, she can't even drink water. Because she's so allergic. I've never even heard of this before. It's a very rare water allergy. And she can't even have a kiss. She's a part-time model. And she was diagnosed with water allergy aquagenic uh, uticaria. It affects just one in 230 million people worldwide. She says, when I have a bath, I'm in it for a few minutes and then the rash is so itchy and painful, I have to lie down. I carry an umbrella with me everywhere and I have a coat with a huge hood on it like Kenny from South Park. Oh, dear. That's absolutely dreadful, isn't it? I've heard of people with allergies before, but that's, that's just the kind of allergy you wouldn't wish on anybody at all. Uh, one here says, I, Steve, I split up with my boyfriend on Friday, so I should be feeling very sorry for myself today. Oh, no, come on, it's a bit of a love. Listen, you don't want to go out with somebody. Listen, if you split up with them, there's always a good reason. Always a, always a good reason, you know, for splitting up with somebody. Also, say, it saves you the money for a present, doesn't it? Don't have to buy a present. If, if, if split up with them now, go back out with them in about a week's time, and that's fine. You don't want to, don't want to start messing around. Uh, how to keep your partner satisfied... This morning, for some reason, Russell Grant is advising you on that one. I really don't want any advice from Russell Grant on keeping uh, partners satisfied. I don't know why, I just don't, actually. I find the whole thing quite abhorrent. Quite abhorrent. 84850, uk, And uh, another one here. This is from... Uh, oh, I've got, oh, I've got an e-card as well. I like e-cards. I know who this one is from. It's from, uh, it's from, it's from Jan... Sullivan, thank you very much indeed for that one. So uh, I've got my, my... I shall open that one up in a minute. At the moment, it's... Uh, I can't, uh, can't open the thing. It was getting a bit bizarre, some of these. A little bit of good news from Paul. He says, Junior from Glasgow is back with us. Very welcome Valentine's Day present from his many friends. She says, by the way, have you received anything from someone who never gets a mention in the post? No. Not yet. I don't know. Albert Riddle was David Kelly's character in Robin's Nest, and he was also the builder... In uh, in Faulty Towers, he was. That was that was the one that they brought in, and Sybil went berserk because he'd done a botched job. Uh, Jason King is one half of J.K. and Joel, I believe. Says Paul. Yes, I believe so. I believe so. So thank you for that one. Pressure of pressure of work. Pressure of work. Can't actually do it. The cakes on Big Fat Gypsy Wedding are fakes. A bit like the whole thing, actually. I'm afraid. And uh, apparently they made a polystyrene. And some really disgusting-looking dresses. I mean, really, what is this? These cheap, tacky dresses. Peter Andre's gutted. He'll be spending Valentine's Day alone. If you stop moaning about it, Pete, so much, you might find somebody. But really, you are about a five-year-old, honestly. He says, I like to spend Valentine's Day with the kids. Oh, how marvellous. Well, there you go again. Because Peter Andre loves his children, just in case you weren't aware of it. He says, I haven't had the time to find a girlfriend. I think you'd have to get through your agent first, wouldn't you? Let's face it, she's not going to be over keen on the fact that you might find somebody by yourself. And Amy Childs reckon the only way is Essex has become too serious. Well, at least it's better off without you, Amy. I mean, because you were just too boring, weren't you? And that's why Channel 5 have axed your series, because nothing's going on in your life. It really is dull. Simon is sitting in uh, Perth, Australia, with Debbie and Trixie, 35 degrees. Do you think we're bothered? Do you think we care? Listen, we're really happy that over here it's going to rain today and it's a bit chilly. We love the weather we've got over here. You will never find me complaining about the weather. 
much over here because we, we get all the seasons in one day. Where is the rom- most romantic spot for a Valentine's Day proposal in London? Come on, it's not... No, you don't have to go to Perth, Australia for a Valentine's Day. The most romantic place for a Valentine's Day proposal. Because there will be people going, would you marry me? It'll probably appear on that ghastly right stuff on the television. It really is ghastly. And it's a leap year as well. So you have to do it. So girl, girls can do it. Most romantic place, apparently, they reckon it's the London Eye. And that. <laughs> romantic about that. But they say here a couple will get engaged every ten minutes today on the London Eye. Really? How ghastly. Can't think of anything worse. A London Eye spokesman said it has stunning views of a beautiful city landscape, an element of seclusion and a renowned romantic reputation. No, it doesn't. It's a Ferris wheel, which is very expensive. Nothing romantic about the location. I mean, I realise... I mean, God, tra- tra- about trying to over overhype something... It's the London Eye. It's very pretty, and you go round, you look at London. I don't think it's romantic. You imagine you go all the way round, and you're gazing into somebody's eyes, and you go, we've just been round once, I've not seen any of the sights, let's go round again. So you have to go round again, so it's terribly expensive. Terribly. And also, what about the other people in your pod? You know, sometimes you might have to share with sort of, you know, 20 or 30 Italian schoolchildren wearing matching cagoules. You know, it's not romantic then, is it? Because they all stand round going... I'm just staring at you. That could be quite awful. Quite, quite awful. Disneyland Paris. Oh, we did this yesterday. The Daily Star must be listening to this programme every day and then picking up on stories we do. They're talking about Disneyland Paris charging more for the Brits than for the, uh, than for the French, which we did yesterday. Why do they do these stories late? And here's the hate preacher, Abu Qatada, with his wife, dressed up like a letterbox, I'm afraid. I mean, I don't, it's, it's going to cost us £10,000 to guard him every week. And... Um, if he hates us, why don't we just get rid of him? Why can't we just send him away or something? Why do we have to look after these people? Mind you, as one comes out, one goes in. Ali decides back in prison again, this time for three years. He's appealing. Not to many people, but he is appealing. And here she is, dressed up. Poor little, poor little Lucy Mecklenburg. Dis- dis- despite dumping her boyfriend on the show, poor little lonely Lucy, who's got nobody else to go out with, turns up the other day for a pre-Valentine's dinner at Alex's restaurant in Brentwood. Sounds romantic, doesn't it? Where are you going? Going to Alex, aren't we? Alex's restaurant in Brentwood. And she turned out as if she's going out to some film premiere. But sadly, Lucy, not quite up to the mark, love. Dress looks a little bit cheap. I think you're a little bit underdressed for Brentwood. Perhaps you could wear some more clothes when you go out. Because uh, when she sort of found out he was seeing other girls, she dumped him and then suddenly realised better to be with somebody than be with nobody at all. Because it's Valentine's Day and we wish people romance all over the capital. Doesn't matter where you are, 0845 973 Getting closer to the opening of the cards. It's all very tense, very exciting. On FM, online and digital radio, London... Morning. I'm trying to get my head round the fact that the London Eye is romantic. Perhaps we could take James Whale on the London Eye today. What if we'd be doing something romantic? We'd be doing something romantic today. What do we reckon, Lou? Uh, Apparently, uh, Owen says the London Eye is an eyesore. Nothing romantic. They're campaigning to build one over here in Boston. I hope the Bostonians see sense and don't ruin the skyline. I have to be honest, I've been on it. I've only been on it the once. I quite liked it. I mean, I I don't have any any problem with with a big wheel going round, you do get a good good sense of, of London's perspective. Actually, strange enough, I was, I was driving through London this morning, quite early, and, and I kept thinking, do you know, it's got everything, this, this capital city. It really has. It's got, it's got great buildings. Even driving through, you know, 20 past three in the morning, it's got great buildings, it's got, you know, it's just a bit dark. 
It's very dark. You think, why can't they make the street lighting a little bit brighter so you could see people? Because people are wearing very dark clothing at the moment. And I'd rather they, they wore something where, whereby you could see them. That would make it a lot... I'd be a lot happier about that. So, so I can't wait to see, when they finish doing, doing the square, whether or not it all looks absolutely wonderful. And uh, I'll be spending Valentine's Day, says Joe, with the people I love most, my two daughters and my parents. I haven't gotten a, a partner to love me. Get the violins out. And Denise says, Happy Valentine's Day, Steve. I'll be cooking place with a watercress sauce and mashed potato, followed by raspberries and cream. Oh, raspberries and cream. That sounds quite nice. Is that funny? It's so simple, raspberries and cream, and yet it sounds delicious. Or, in my case, raspberries and creme fraiche. Because I don't, I don't do cream, I do, I do creme fraiche. I like creme fraiche, actually. Lou said in her cauliflower soup, there's quite a bit of creme fraiche. You never have too much creme fraiche, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I like that, but I like the idea of placed with a watercress sauce. And then ras- raspberries and cream. What's that thing that they make, which I can't eat because it's just too sweet for me, but it looks delicious. Eaten mess. Actually, you could prob- we could probably do that, Lou. I've just worked out, because you could do that. You could make it the same as you did the pavlova and, and sort of use a sweetener. It's, it's, the, it's the problem with all the fruit. There's quite a bit of fructose in the fruit. It's worth risking, though, isn't it, for, for one or two days. Uh, they're all speculating about Whitney Houston. Did she take um, uh, drugs before she died? The answer is, quite simply, she had drugs in her system, uh, which had probably been there for a, a little while. The hotel room was strewn with them. You, you can't do anything about somebody who takes drugs. If they do them, then they do them. They know the risk. You know, it's like people who drink to excess. You see, and we, we've had this dreadful case of all the kids who, when they finish their exams, they go to... I forget where it is they go to, some seaside resort. We've had cases, scenarios, where kids have drunk themselves into oblivion because they don't realise that you can kill yourself on alcohol. I think they think you just drink, drink, drink and drink, and then you pass out, and then you wake up, and then you carry on drinking again. No, in some cases, they drink, 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 dead. That's, that's, you know, we've had parents say, you know, it should be monitored. It's up to you to educate your children on the dangers of, of drink. And it can be extremely bad. We've all had nights where we thought, I'm never drinking ever again. That's the last time I ever drink. And I can say that with a, with a sense of satisfaction because I've had nights where I've said, right, that's it, I'm not drinking. Like last night, I never drank anything at all. And uh, it's made my throat an awful lot better. Uh, Whitney Houston's teenage daughter is feared to be on the brink of killing herself with drugs and booze like her mum. She's gone back into hospital. She collapsed with with grief. You can understand what they're feeling, but she must have seen this time and time again, where her mum has sort of come round from one of those sort of nights out, and it's just been dreadful. Susan Boyle says she's uh, too old for love, but she's not given up hope. You're never too old for love. I don't believe you're ever, ever too old for love. I think it doesn't matter. I know people who are sort of uh, quite old, quite old, and um, and they wouldn't say they were too old for love. In fact, I was just having a quick look at you here. Neil sent me something in. It says, uh, Rhea Dell, six Grammy Awards. Remember my story of how she was a young 14-year-old singing with 14 of my daughter's friends in the back of my van? Do you think she'll send me a Valentine's for starting off her career? No, she won't, I'm afraid. But it's a good story, isn't it? Isn't that a good story? I like stories like that. I think it's very, 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 very entertaining. I missed out today. Was it today or was it yesterday? Um, You can... uh, This is between 8 and Tuesday morning. Apparently, we're all being given three delicious chocolate puddings. Downstairs. Between 8.30 and 10. What time am I leaving? Seven. <laughs> Doesn't help, does it really? Lou would be down there straight away. Three free chocolate puddings. How lovely is that? I could go, <laughs> could go for that one today. I like the idea that people are giving away chocky puddings. Uh, and I and I did have another one, and I've lost the 
blooming thing. Really, I'm so annoyed, honestly. I had a lovely thing, which I was... Uh, I know that uh, Ivor... I've still yet to see him driving the bus. I haven't seen him driving the bus just yet, but I, I will around uh, around Twickenham. And, uh, and Seb says, Halle Berry doesn't eat chocolate because she has diabetes, but likes to treat herself with a glass of wine. Apparently a glass or two a day is fine. I know. You see, I mean, there are certain things you can do. I get people writing in to me saying, you know, how can you eat this? How can you eat that? And I say, well, actually, there's certain things that I can eat and certain things that, uh, that other people can eat. And we all appear to be completely, completely different. I've lost this blasted thing actually but never mind I, sh- I shall find it a little bit later on 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk i think it was from Bryn and annie and i don't know where it's gone to it's just it's disappeared which has annoyed me intensely i hate losing things on the on the system uh, we're looking for your valentine's uh, messages this morning to loved ones and steve simone in camden says read the world's largest man this is the 48-stone guy who lives in Harleston. Uh, if he can't get up and cook his own food, why don't those who feed him give him healthy food since he loves to eat? Well, th- that's what we said. Because somebody is giving him all this food while he sits in bed and eats it. So he's getting no exercise, so it's turning into fat. So he's 48 stone. But it's not happened overnight. This has happened over a, a period of years, and now it's costing you £50,000 a year to look after him. I don't want to spend £50,000 a year to look after him. I want to get him out of his bed... You know, and if he sits there sobbing like a girl's blouse, I couldn't care less. Out of bed, out of bed, and start, you know, or failing that. You're right, give him stuff that isn't fattening. Give him salads. Who is the stupid person who's giving him eight hot dogs? Presumably, he's gone, they go, what do you want for breakfast? And he's gone, I'll have eight hot dogs. And you'd be going, no, 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 you're not having eight hot dogs. You can have a little bit of porridge, and, um, and then we'll, we'll give you some muesli. And he's going, well, I don't want that. Well, if you want something different, get out of bed. And if he goes, I can't get out of bed, you go, well, that's tough. I don't understand why we're mollycoddling this bloke. It's just absolutely ludicrous. That's why he's in the state he's in. Terrible, it really is. Uh, Mirror this morning. There's uh, Whitney Houston spending her final days in a drink and drug fueled trance. <clears throat> that's drugs for you. There's nothing you can do about it. If, if people choose to take drugs, then it really is their business. But the end result is you die. And uh, and you just leave behind a lot of very, very miserable, depressed people. And they've got uh, a picture of their last meal, hamburger and fries, champagne. There's a Heineken can on the table. And they're probing, you know, just what her, her little body had taken. Uh, some say Bobby Brown and their their marriage over the years, which had just got worse and worse and worse. And now her daughter has rushed to hospital twice and she was found slumped in a bath at the same hotel just a day before. Celine Dion has blamed it on drug culture and show business and she's absolutely right Celine Dion has said she was she'd been dragged down by drugs she had uh, bad decisions made for her she said it's very unfortunate that drugs bad people bad influences took over took over her dreams her love and her motherhood she said uh, when you think about Elvis Presley Marilyn Monroe Michael Jackson and Amy Winehouse time after time we lose people taking pills to perform taking pills to wake up and taking pills to go to bed I'm scared of show business, I'm scared of drugs, I'm scared of hanging out, and that's why I don't do parties and hang out. And she's absolutely right. I said to you yesterday, Elvis Presley was taking more prescription drugs than anybody else, and he had them from so many different pharmacies. He took drugs to go to sleep, drugs to wake up. So, in other words, you've got no idea where you are half the time. You're in this dreadful state. And sometimes Elvis Presley would come on stage and just mumble... Sometimes he didn't even sing. He would just mumble on about, you know, drugs are taking, not good for you, drugs are this. And he would ramble on about the, the perils of taking drugs. At one point, 
he, he gets on, on his plane and he flies all the way to the White House because he wants to be, and I think the then-president made him a drug czar. This was a man who was high as a kite on drugs, and, they, and he would go round the street with a badge on teaching people the perils of taking drugs. And yet he was the one who was taking the most drugs. You know, you, you, you can't help people who are, who are delusional when it comes to, to taking drugs, either for sort of waking up. If, if you're somebody who's in a, a high-pressure job in the city, and I would think that's where it probably starts, certainly in London and in most of the main mon- money markets, I think you could probably go round and swab most of the toilets and discover cocaine was rife in the money markets because the pressure of the job means that you've got to be awake, you've got to be on top of it, and these people think the only way they can be on top of it is by taking drugs. And once you go into that kind of culture, you just get used to it. You don't think of anything else, do you? You just think, right, I've got to get through this day, I've got to make my targets, I've got to do that. And exactly the same for if you're, as I said yesterday, Judy Garland or any one of a number of Hollywood stars. They fed you, the studio fed you drugs to keep you, uh, to, to keep you going. They didn't want you going home or falling asleep or having tantrums on the set. They wanted you there in the morning to complete the film because not completing the film meant it cost them money. And that was, that was the big problem, I'm afraid. And, uh, and it hasn't really got any better at all. In fact, it's absolutely got worse. Drugs are now so easy to get hold of. You can go to just about anywhere, any nightclub, I would suggest, in London, any place. The police would know exactly. Even in Twickenham, even in Twickenham, we have drugs. It, I remember working in a, in a, in a friend's bar and uh, we knew people were dealing drugs. And I remember it was mentioned to the police and the police went, yeah, we know. He said, but better it's controlled in, so we know where it is. And I should imagine you can probably go through various bars and, and clubs and pubs and find somebody who would know somebody. So, Does anybody get me anything? And there'd be somebody saying, yeah, there'll be a guy in a bit later on, he'll, he'll, he'll sort you out. Because it's everywhere. I'm just grateful I'm far too old for that kind of thing now. As I say, two Halliborridge tablets and a paracetamol, and I'm done in, I'm afraid. But it's nice to see the cabbage patch has all been painted up. It's all good for the rugby for the, this coming weekend, I think. And it uh, looks very smart. They've done it in the Farrow and Ball colours. Must have spent a small fortune on it, which you have to do now to get people in. It's not just enough to offer them drinks in a bar. You've got to offer a little bit more. Strippers would be nice. And, uh, and yet the, the poor old George in the middle of the high street, looking very tatty and run down and everything else. Really does look... It might look fine inside. On the outside, it looks awful. Absolutely. About time the brewery started spending some money. Roof needs doing. The painting needs doing. God, it's ghastly. Ghastly. Anyway, quarter past five. With the news headlines, it's Sam Pittis. Good morning, Steve. Radical cleric Abu Qatada, who the... So funny, this interview in the Mail on... uh, The Mail on Lime. Frankie Kokosa talking about his music... You have no music, dear. You have no talent, I'm afraid. Very funny indeed. Uh, So, what makes you happy? I only ask because uh, up north, a happiness survey has found that they're all happy. Down here, we're all miserable. In other words, nine out of ten unhappiest towns are down south. So, the the happiest places, number ten, Exeter. It's a student town, isn't it, Exeter, I believe it's... uh, uh, Number nine, Dorchester... It always sounds like it's a Miss Marple place. Where'd you come from? Dorchester. The Dorchester murders. Number eight, Derby. Seven is Norwich. My Auntie Jean and Uncle Jack lived up there. Now just my Auntie Jean. Uh, Number six, Landudno. God, what's that famous for? I don't know. Landudno. Number five, Chester. Four is Harrogate. Famous for, is it Betty's of Harrogate? They make cakes and it's a tea shop and everything else. Never been. It sounds wonderful. I keep, do you know, one of these days I must do these things. I must no good talking about Harrogate. Get in the car, for goodness sake. Drive up the motorway, whichever one it is, and find it. Number three, Huddersfield. Oh, 
Number two, uh, two, uh, too thrilled with Huddersfield. Number two is York. Very pretty. I went out with somebody from York once. Again, it's a student town. Got loads of students. And it's got the, um, the shambles. Isn't it? Have you been to the shambles in York? That's nice, which is all the old shops which they've covered over. And number one, Carlisle is the happiest place. Carlisle. Doesn't sound very exciting. Okay, the unhappiest places. Wait for it. Number ten, Harrow. Harrow? You're all very depressed in Harrow. Number nine, West London. Ooh, I live in West London. We're not miserable in West London. Number eight, North London. Seven is Enfield. Six is Oldham. Well, you can believe that, can't you? Uh, five is Romford. Sorry, Romford. Four is Luton. Ghastly place. Three, South East London. Two, Ilford. Sorry, Ilford. And number one, East London. The unhappiest place to live, East London. In fact, basically, it's just London, ladies and gentlemen. So we're all miserable in London. I can't believe that. Are you miserable where you are? Wait, wait, where's your area? Tell me about your area. Is it good, bad or indifferent? 0845 6060973. I refuse to accept the fact that South East London and West London are miserable places. Uh, well, it doesn't say Twickenham at all. It doesn't mention Twickenham. Daren't mention Twickenham. I think Twickenham is OK. Landudno looks like a seaside resort. But it's full of the Welsh, isn't it? That's the trouble, you see. You've got to put up with the Welsh. And they are quite miserable. A lot, I, I know they all sing in the valleys and things like that. But uh, generally speaking, except my friend Lynn, she's fine. So, Landudno, sixth place in the Happiest Town survey. I quite like to live on a seaside resort. I quite like to run a bed and breakfast. You know, right on the sea. It is a lot of work, isn't it? Well, I'd have people to do it. I'd have lo- local cheap people to do it. But uh, they've, they've, only su- they've surveyed 25,000 people. But it's mainly London. Come on, Londoners. Goodness sake, pull yourselves together. You're not miserable, are you? 08456060973. Your Valentine's messages and, uh, and your Valentine's uh, thoughts on 08456060973. Uh, no Valentine's, I'm afraid, for, uh, for Alan. He says, wife doesn't love me. Nobody loves me. Table for one, methinks. Anyone want a date? Sadly not, Alan. No, nobody at all for you, I'm afraid. If the wife doesn't love you, nobody loves you. In fact, you know, it's all finished in the love department. Although round here, there's loads of single people, and you've never seen so many happy people. You know, because I think if you're in love, sometimes it can make you a bit depressed. Because you always get one who's a bit more in love than the other one. You know, they always say one, one loves and the other is loved. And, and some people, you know, give everything, and, and and the other person just sits back and you think, do you love me? But you don't want to ask too much, do you? Just in case they go, will you stop with the asking? Stop with the asking about, you know, do I love you? You know, do you love me enough to buy me butter kissed? Do you love me enough to give me a last Rolo? One company brought out the last Rolo, and it was in, I think, 24 karat gold, and it was the la- and that was supposed to be romantic. Go on, have some chocolate, you fat so-and-so. There you go, make you fatter. <laughs> the name of the builder in Fawlty Towers was Stubbs. Uh, do you think Whitney Houston's doctor will be under scrutiny for prescribing her drugs, as in the case of Michael Jackson, says Mark? Uh, he is. They're, uh, they're questioning it at the moment. But she's got nine different uh, prescriptions. Whether it's nine different doctors, I don't know. Because in America, it's, it's different. If, if you're a rich showbiz person, you can have lots of doctors, and they can all prescribe. So in theory... It should all be married up, shouldn't it, on the computer, but it, it tends not to be, I'm afraid, and that's why these people can end up getting hold of drugs that they shouldn't really be having that. I mean, I went in the other day to buy some throat spray, OK? And uh, I, I had to get it. It was, on the, it was on Sunday, and unfortunately, Goods wasn't open on the Sunday, and so I had to go to Boots. And they have to ask the chemist, is it all right to sell two throat sprays? 
I thought perhaps I was mainlining or something, but uh, no, it was okay to have to have two throat sprays. But they always ask. It's like if you actually go in to buy eye uh, dew, eye, that eye stuff, eye drops. They have to ask, "Have you had this before?" and stuff like that. I always plead plead guilty. Uh, Peter Liverpool says, "I've just noticed that McDonald's are offering a Valentine's friend voucher. Wonder if they'll be serving up heart shaped Big Macs." Ooh, I'm not sure about that actually. Uh, uh, Malcolm says, was it Hayley Westenra who was in conversation on the London Eye? I seem to remember it was very noisy. It was very noisy. It is very noisy on the London Eye. It's not... I don't think it's romantic. I mean, romantic, I would think, would be a barge, you know, on the Thames or some... Uh, no, perhaps not. A, I don't know what I thought of a barge on the Thames. Where would be romantic? London bus? You know, just you on the, on the top of a London omnibus? That would be quite romantic, wouldn't it? I don't know. A bridge would be romantic. A bridge would be romantic. I've already decided, actually, that... Uh, <clears throat> I haven't told him yet, but Giles, one of my, uh, one of my former producers, I'm going to get him to scatter my ashes. Not, 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 not tomorrow or anything like that, but when, when I eventually go. And I'm going to get him to do it on Richmond Bridge. <laughs> he doesn't know this yet. It's going to come as a bit of a surprise to him. And there's going to be a tape-recorded message that goes with it. OK, Giles, here we go. Open the box. Shake it into the wind. Bye. See you later. And it's, it is a bit, it's a bit creepy, that, isn't it? I only took it from a pie-in-the-sky TV programme where they did it on there and all the ashes came back in their face, and <laughs> which I thought was a bit scary. That's the only bit. It's got to be done on one of those days where, where there isn't any wind. My dear, it doesn't matter. Simon in Essex says, Can you tell my wife Charlotte that I love her beyond compare and always will do? Ooh. It's a bit, it's a bit frightening, isn't it, Charlotte? This morning she's gone. Ooh, I don't know. You'll be expecting. I'm sorry. I'm just, he went into one of my rude jokes. I don't even do rude jokes. So Simon and Charlotte this morning feeling romantic. I think, I think it's good, isn't it, that people feel we don't do, we don't do romance very often. Too people, too many, too often people are sort of worried about going off to work and stuff like that. I want to know because I'm determined to find out whether we're as miserable in London as this survey says. Twenty five thousand people are telling you that in London, most of the places: Ilford, South East London, Romford, Enfield, North London, West London, and Harrow and East London are all miserable people. We're not miserable people, are we? Tell me we're not, please. Landudno came sixth place and have the happiest place is Carlisle, which looks lovely. They're all in the north of England, all the places that are happiest. Come on, 08456060973. And, uh, and the other thing is, Judy Dench has hit out at the treatment of older people. She's 77. She says, and I've done this before, we're not good at dealing with old age in this country. We shove people in a room and leave them sitting round a television. We didn't do that in our family, shove people into nursing homes. Because, uh, if you remember, she and her late husband, the actor Michael Williams, had his parents and her widowed mother living with them for 12 years. She said it was ideal and the alternative's not good. You learn such a lot from the generation above you. My daughter has lovely memories of that time. Uh, Love Actually actor Bill Nighy, who stars with Dame Judy in the new film, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, and I can't wait to see it which is a movie about a group of retired people taking up residence in India, said it's unusual to see a film about older people, the way the elderly are treated and, in some case, warehoused and medicated rather than nurtured and listened to is distressing. And it is true. I mean, she, she's quite right. You can learn so much from older people because they've done so much more. With age comes experience. Sometimes senility, sometimes Alzheimer's, but it comes with, you know, with sort of experience. You've done things. Steve, I lived up north for a year and was so depressed I couldn't wait to get back to London. I think I'm used to the buzz of London. Well, I don't know. We went up years and years ago to Manchester. And um, 
and and we found them all very friendly up in Manchester. You know, you walk into a nightclub, and people go, hello, hello, and, and they talk to each other, whereas in London, nobody talks to you. If you talk to somebody in London, I mean, if I start talking to somebody on the tube train, they'll be calling the police, they'll think I'm mad. You know, if I, if I go up to people on the news desk and say, hello, how are you, they think I'm mad. Nobody talks to anybody in London. You know, people keep themselves to themselves. And woe betide anybody going, hello, would you like to come back to my house for a cup of coffee? It's like, whoa, no, of course not. We don't want to be that friendly. Yeah, up north, they're that friendly. We couldn't get over the fact that in, in Glasgow and in Edinburgh and in Manchester, people came up and chatted to you. Hello, how are you? And you think, oh, they really do. They are, they are like that. It is a little bit like last of the summer wine up north. I quite like it. After a while, it became a bit of an intrusion. I did start hitting people. But, I mean, apart from that, it was fine. You know, people coming up and inquiring about your health and wanting to get to know you and stuff like that. But nobody talks to each other in London. Nobody says anything, apart from James Whale. Oh, dear, does he ever. It's like being stalked. It really is. He's on the phone all the time. He's phoning. He's sending messages. When are we going to do lunch and all the rest? I'm trying to... I can't find a a free date when I can do lunch. It'll have to be at some some point soon. And um, Galvin's at Hilton Park Lane, 28 floors up. Paul in Weybridge says, hope you've got my card for Valentine's. I haven't actually opened the Valentine's cards yet. We're going to do that uh, probably just after six o'clock this morning. I'm only doing it just to make sure that Christo is well and truly asleep, because he didn't get any Valentine's cards today. And there's, there's nothing worse, you know, if, if you get a presenter on the radio who does get a lot of Valentine's cards, you know, there's a lot of love flowing around on Valentine's Day, and, uh, you know, so I didn't want to embarrass him, because not only did he not get any Valentine's cards, but he proceeded to tell everybody over the whole programme how he hadn't got any Valentine's cards and was destined to be single for the rest of his life. And I keep saying to him, listen, it doesn't matter... Being single, people seem to think there's some dreadful stigma to being single. You don't have to be attached to somebody. You know, you can have a very nice life, you know, just yourself and a bottle of vodka. And that's exactly what Christo's doing as he gets himself in in shape for his theatre show. It's LBC 97.3. Time now is 5.30. Alan. 27 minutes to uh, 6. Jan says you've got to get Jars to apply for permission. You can't chuck him wherever... You can. You absolutely can. You don't tell people you're standing there. What, what difference is it going to make? I've already got the certificate by that time. Uh, Steve, I hate Valentine's Day. Surely if you love your spouse, you should show it, show it 365 days a year instead of that day. I mean, every day should be another day to prove your true feelings. Actually, the funny thing is, you're not supposed to do it. Christo was quite right earlier on. Valentine's Day is not for people who are in relationships... It's for people who aren't in relationships. It's, it's your day for, for professing your love for, for somebody you don't know. That's what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be for, for married couples. So ma- because married couples, you're assuming, are in the relationship. If you're a single person, you're looking for a relationship. You're looking for love. And that one day a year is your opportunity. And, of course, it's, it's a leap year as well. God knows what could happen. Steve, happiest place is Whitstable. Everybody talks to each other, real community, great shops, food, and it's beautiful. Do you know, I've seen pictures of Whitstable in Kent, and it does look quite nice. They used it on a, for a TV programme, and it's got boats pulled up onto the beach. It looks quite pretty, actually. It does look very, very pretty. I'm strangely drawn to water, so Whitstable I could probably live at. But I remember doing a programme once on oysters, and we had a company from Whitstable that came in, and they brought in oysters and opened them in these... Ugh. 
tell you how awful <laughs> these things are. They look lovely. They're all packed with seaweed, and it's wonderful, and they're supposed to be really good for you, but I, I couldn't bear them at all, I'm afraid. Uh, Steve, people look at you very strangely and say nothing if you greet them with a friendly, good morning, whilst you're walking down the street. I oh, know, that's the fatal... If you say good morning to people, they, they do look at you as if you're completely mad. Try it, try it yourself today. Walk down the street wherever you live, and as you go past somebody, go, morning. I bet they don't say anything. The only people who ever say good morning to me are at, uh, at Twickenham Station where I was talking, actually, to the young man up there yesterday, and, because uh, I'd gone in disguise, hat and the dark glasses, and we were talking, he said, do you really think that people walk past people if they, if they collapse? I said, well, sadly, people do. He said, he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't actually, you know, he, he, would, he would go and see to somebody. This was after that 14-year-old boy collapsed. He fainted on the station, hit his head, and he was out for ten minutes, and people stepped over him. He's a 14-year-old boy. Nobody says a word. Nobody goes and calls the ambulance. Nobody looks after him. Nobody does anything at all. And his mother was horrified. She's a former school teacher, And she said, you know, how can somebody leave a 14-year-old boy lying on the pavement? And to be honest with you, she's right if it's a child. If it's a child lying there... Although you're never too sure, are you? We had cases yesterday of people who, you know, it was a ruse and they had a knife and you're not too sure. If it was somebody in Leicester Square, I'd have to walk straight past. Because around here, you wouldn't know if it was, if it was a, a druggie, if it was a, a drunk, if it was a dealer, if it was a mugging. Take it. You have no idea. You know, you don't like to get involved. So people tend to walk on by. It's a sad reflection, but we have, we have become that Dion Warwick hit. And that's why I got annoyed the other day when Jonathan Ross said we'd be talking to Dion Warwick on the show. It's Dion Warwick. It's pronounced Warwick. That's how she pronounces it. And to call her Warwick either shows great ignorance or, or just rudeness, I'm afraid. So it's Dion Warwick. But she did this walk on by. And that's what we tend to do. We, we, we tend to get to that stage where we don't want to get involved. But, but for a child, you would automatically get involved, wouldn't you? Would you not? Oh, eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Can't find anybody who's happy in London. You must all be so terribly depressed at the moment. It's all, it's all bad areas, I'm afraid. And also, as it is Valentine's Day, do you mind being single? Does it make any difference if you're single? I think, it's, I think it should be celebrated if you're single. I don't like this idea of pushing people into relationships, but some people get quite panicky. They, they only want to be in a relationship. You go, why not celebrate the fact that you're, that, that you're single? It's great. Colin says, I live in Eltham and I love it. It's a great place. Well, you have got a palace there, haven't you? Actually, it's a fantastic palace, Eltham Palace. Lovely. Part, um, part Henry VIII and part the Courtaulds, isn't it? I believe. Uh, the good builder in Faulty Towers was, uh, was Stubbs. Oh, that's right. The dodgy builder was played by David Kelly was O'Reilly. That's right. Are you Orally men? Remember that one? That was poor... <laughs> that was just such a good programme. He's died, incidentally. David Kelly, the actor, has died, I have to tell you. I have a feeling, Steve... <clears throat> that London would be considered the most depressed place in the country. I think London is the most individualistic place in the country. Therefore, we just go about doing our own thing, minding our own business. Elsewhere, they tend to have the collective, traditionalist culture where people are more communicative, family-orientated. I guess that's why we become so high in the overall rankings. It's obviously the most depressed place. People just don't... People don't like London. They, they get very upset about it. I can understand people being fed up of London because they haven't got much money and it costs money to go out and do things like that. But... You know, an area is what you make it. If you move into an area and you're fed up, you're not going to change your opinion, are you? You're still going to be fed up there. Phil says the people who took the survey about happiness are probably the type who jump out in front of you in the street. So uh, we don't want to talk to them. They automatically put you down as miserable. <laughs> yes, I hate it. They say, have you got two minutes for a survey? No, I haven't. <laughs> down as miserable, I suppose, then. Uh, right, we have a Valentine's Day uh, poem from Michael Dennis. 
<clears throat> Here we go. I can, I can always try and read these without sort of coughing. Actually, we're doing very well in the coughing department this morning. Very well. Uh, this is called Steve Allen, LBC Legend. This one's about a bloke that you all know, and we're all avid listeners to his show, broadcasting to us with alacrity for over 30 years on LBC. His observations on life and show business are forthright frank and told just how it is. On the ladder of presenters, he's top rung, administering, administering lashings from the tongue. Always on top form, his sarcasm flows on vacuous stars of reality shows. Celebrities dread his acerbic wit if they've made DVDs to get them fit. Sometimes he will provide a different slant with anecdotes about his aged aunt, the train from Waterloo on which he rides, the people in the town where he resides. This champion of people and their plights switches on the Twickenham Christmas lights. His mermaid shows, magicians' conventions, Noreen, who he never ever mentions. Sunshine to chase away the darkest hours. He's the raven at LBC Towers. There's no better way for the day to start than to listen to this guy with loads of heart. Let's raise our glasses to our friend three cheers and here's to another 30 years. To this present day since 79, our early morning breakfast, Valentine. Thank you, Michael, very much indeed. Thank you. There you go, that was Michael Dennis's poem for Steve Allen. Whoever he may be, as they say, at 20 to 6 in the morning on Valentine's Day. I, th- I think, we should, should we open... Uh, let's have, have a look at one of the cards this morning. This is a big card here. And this is from... Well, it says here, Steve, if you were a biscuit, you'd be as yummy as a chocolate finger, as tasty as a chocolate digestive, and as sweet as a chocolate hobnob. Lots of love from your Danish pastry, Gloria. There you go. It's got a lovely picture of two doggies on the front, which is very... And it's very nice. Thank you for it. That's, from, that's one of those moon pig cards. I like those moon pig cards. I've got a lovely one from... It just says to Steve, happy Valentine's Day. Lots of love, me. And it's got lots of kisses. And it's got a picture of me on the front wearing one of my sparkly jackets. I've lost weight since that one. It's another moon pig. Very popular, these moon pig cards, you know. Very, very popular. Happy Valentine's Day from Rita. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, let's pick one at random. Let's go for, uh, for this one. Go for this. Oh, blimey, this one's going to be full of things. And it's uh, to the one and only Steve. And it's Patsy, who says, Didn't want you to think that nobody loves you. Trying hard to get used to the new format, but you know that we're all there. So that's good. Thank you very much indeed. She says, Noreen and Bridget got me onto the Facebook thing. It's good fun. We're going off to the uh, something with David and... Oh, you're going off to Ty Nice. With David and Vid on the 17th of March, someone's birthday. So there you go. Thank you very much indeed. And, um... <laughs> I shall put that up in the office. Loads of cards. We'll come around to those a little bit later. Uh, on the subject of, uh, of the builder, Paul says Stubbs was the builder that Sybil wanted to do the job, played by James Appleby. It was O'Royley, played by David Kelly. We're very friendly, oop, here. Look at me for a start. He says, they even like you in Burnage, near the biscuit factory. Still laugh about your story of nearly setting fire to the lamp in the room. Yes, you'll have to find that one somewhere on the, uh, on the podcasting as well. And uh, the, the bailiff's out, Mark the bailiff's out this morning, which means he's, he's collecting cars again, which is lovely. 84850stevenlbc.co.uk And um, we're, we're trying to find out, actually, if you mind being single for Valentine's Day, because you will be plagued. By people being romantic. People rushing around, fighting each other in Marks and Spencers to go and get uh, all the free, uh, the free meals. And the free meals will be out there. Because I say free meals because for 20 quid, you actually get loads. I mean, you absolutely get loads of food. You get a box of chocolates. You get uh, a bottle of, bottle of fizzy. 
and you get a starter, main course, and a dessert. I mean, for £20, you can't complain. You could spend that easy in a restaurant. Easy in a restaurant. So that's good. We're trying to find the happiest place. We're trying to find some happy places in London, please. Seeing as we've now come out bottom of a survey where everywhere in London is depressing. Romford, Enfield. I mean, it's just all at West London, South London. Surprising I mentioned Ealing. But uh, so, so we're trying to find some happy places in London where you live. Because we're all down as being miserable. And I don't want to be miserable. We're also trying to find out this morning if you mind being single. They've done various surveys for, for Valentine's Day. And if you're one of these people that goes, I just hate Valentine's Day. I can't stand it. can't stand the commercialism. I can't stand anything about it at all. Sorry, we have to do another card. I've tried to do it slow. Oh, this one's covered in glitter. It's a teddy bear on the front. And inside, it's from uh, little Julie Jellyfish in Feltham. She says, uh, I have visions of you cuddling a teddy at night. Thank you very much indeed. She says, roses are red, violets are blue. I laugh out loud when I listen to you. There you go. Very romantic. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, thank you to everybody else who's uh, sent in. It's more coming a little bit later on. And we've got some, um, some email cards as well. We like the email cards. I quite like the email cards. And, uh, and John says, I've just told my wife of 50 years, I love you. I love you too, she said. Now go and make me a cup of coffee. You see, romance is never dead, but that's, that's 50 years, John. That's 50 years. They're in Malaga, of course. I wonder what the weather's like in Malaga. God, I could do with overlooking some water today. Um, Alan says, you're talking about Valentine's Day, also known as International Singles Action Day. In other words, I sad. I sad, OK? Because it, it, it's, it's for singles. It's for people who haven't, who haven't found anybody as yet. <laughs> Weather for today... Here we go for Valentine's Day. It's getting better. Five degrees at the moment, climbing to eight degrees, so fairly mild. Bright and breezy for many. Some sunny spells. Some light rain at times. Tonight, cloudy and breezy. Occasional light rain and drizzle. Overnight lows, three degrees. Tomorrow, cloudy and breezy for most places. Dry for most, too. The high, ten degrees centigrade. The next three days, I can tell you. Thursday to Friday, cloudy, mild and generally dry. High, eleven degrees. Saturday, early rain clearing to a bright, breezy day. The high, twelve degrees centigrade. So it's actually getting an awful lot better. In fact, it's actually getting really good at the moment. Make the most of it, because they've said that uh, there's going to be a water sh- there's going to be a water shortage. Do you think they sit down at the Daily Express trying to think of really depressing stories? And the one they've come up with today that we're going to have a nationwide drought. There's going to be widespread restrictions on water supplies, including hosepipe bans, because we've had a record dry 18 months with virtually no rain. We've just had tons of snow everywhere. When that melts, that becomes water. But they're actually saying that, unfortunately, uh, it's not quite enough. Rivers are running low. Reservoirs are low. There's going to be a, a hosepipe ban. Oh, dear. Oh, we found um, some bogus lone parents. We found a woman here called Jacqueline Watton. And she's a benefit fraudster. It's quite a lot of these people, actually. And there's a, a family of 12 here, given an eight-bedroom house. A jobless couple. Never actually done a day's work in their life, and we give them a house. <sighs> I don't know what the answer is to these people. Quarter to six. News headlines, Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. Abu Qatada, who ministers say poses a... Alan. Morning. How do you keep uh, romance alive? According to all the experts in the papers today, because being Valentine's Day, surprise, surprise, uh, they're telling you how to keep romance alive, although, frankly, most of the, uh, the relationship experts are single. And uh, you have to ask yourself that it's like the, the majority of sort of celebrity hairdressers are bald. 
And and yet the, the, the majority of people who tell you about relationships can't keep one themselves. In fact, most of them seem to have disasters. I know quite a few, one of whom had a wife, but also had a mistress. And, uh, I couldn't possibly tell you who this person was. But it's interesting that what one of them is saying here, browse through your wedding album or holiday snaps. Recalling a happy past has been shown to help smooth over any present friction. You're joking! That's the kind of thing that makes you want to rip their hair out, doesn't it? Oh, and here's us in happier times. Oh, my God, you were ugly. It's <laughs> the kind of thing is that you look at. You look at the pictures. Re- uh, apparently, recreate your first date. I mean, I've never had such balmy advice. I mean, I, you know, if, if, if your relationship is not actually going particularly well, trying to recreate the first date, you can't because you don't think the same. It's no good going back to the same place and saying, oh, you know, let's go back to this hotel, let's go back to some of our old haunts, because we were younger then. When you first fell in love, it was different. I bet most people who've been married for a long, long time now, the reason they've been married is because they've, they've learned to grow with each other. They don't need advice from any experts on how to hold their, their relationship together. They're doing it very well, thank you. It's only some people that go, you have to go to see relate or marriage guidance or you have to go and discuss with somebody why your relationship's going wrong and, and why, they, why some people argue all the time. And then you look at the only way is Essex. And you suddenly realise that here, here's a group of people who can't even keep their relationships going together for a week. Look at poor, poor, vacuous Lucy Mecklenburg. You know, boyfriend cheats. And she goes, right, that's it, I'm finishing with you, finishing with you. And then the next week, she's back with him again. And you think, you're as big a dodo as we always thought you were. It's a shame, really. She can't help it, it's not her fault. Because she's just, she's just a bit, bit weak. And you have to be, you have to be fairly strong in relationships. Um, Nigel says, heard that remark about the Queen of the Suburbs, a bit harsh, but true. Think I will shout at a chugger today to cheer myself up. Stuart says, it shows how London has changed for the worst. Years ago, Dr Johnson says, he who is tired of London is tired of life. Doesn't seem like it these days. Well, I think it's people who don't know its history. I think people come into London now, and they don't know anything about the history of it. They don't know anything, you know, about the, the community spirit which we've got. And, uh, and, and the young people now aren't really interested, are they? They're just interested in making lots of money and wearing the right trainers. Which, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, you have to be spontaneous. They say here, we're all so busy, it feels like a tall order to be spontaneously romantic, so be pragmatic around it and plan surprises. So, in other words, you know, the, the, the husband or the wife comes over to you, I've done a meal. Well, it's not much use for me, is it, Poppet? Because I'm going out to work again. I was talking to somebody earlier on, uh, yesterday, and I was sat there saying, oh, I'm really tired and I'm working this and that. I said, but you have the choice not to work. And they went, yeah, but if, if I don't because, you know, because I'm freelance and, and I turn it down, they might not ask again. And that's the problem, isn't it? So if you're freelance and you work in London, you've got to keep going. Islington's a very happy, smiley place, says Chris. Lots going on. Certainly is. Mugging's up, I believe. Very cosmopolitan and metrosexual environment. I love it. Although I'm currently single, I will not be lurking in the Valentine's Isle in my M&S or Waitrose. I believe, believe love finds us when we are ready. Oh, it, you'll always find somebody. You don't need to... They always said, you know, the, the best place to find love is in a supermarket leaning over the freezers. Have you heard that one before? People would say, Friday night used to be singles night in all the supermarkets. Because blokes would go round there and they'd be having a basket and, and they'd be sort of staring into the freezer. And then they see somebody they like the look of and they go, excuse me, would, would, would that be OK for me? Could, could I cook that? And they just sort of sound a bit plaintive and a little bit feeble. And the woman would go, um, would you be better off with that one? Oh, right. Could, could I cook that one easily? I don't know. I'm a single person. And you, know, you, say, you look in the basket and you go, of course you're a single person. You know, we can always tell by the food you've bought. My advice is, never ever buy a meal that says, for one person. 
You don't want to be seen as sad. Buy the family meal. You know, spread it over two days. You know, you don't want people to think you haven't got any friends or anything. Buy dog food. Even if you buy two tins of dog food, walk around with them so people go, he's obviously got a dog. And then when you get near the aisles, just put them next to the Mr Kipling cakes. You just put them back on the shelf again. It's fine. You don't need to worry about things like that. You don't want the, the, the assistant there going, oh, you've got a dog, have you? I thought it was a cat you had last week. So you just automatically put it back on the shelf. You get there and they go, oh, family, are the family staying in tonight? Yes, we're all staying in. Me, the wife and the children. The fact it's just you and a small beer is neither here nor... It makes no difference. You should celebrate the fact that you're single and the fact that you think you're a really good catch. The fact is you're not, of course. That's why you're single. And uh, the fact is you will get yourself into dreadful depression. But it doesn't matter. It's London. You could be anything you want in London. You know, you can go onto the internet. You can chat to people. You can you can listen to LBC. You can make believe anything. Absolutely make believe anything. You don't need to, to be in a relationship. But in fact, they're all in the papers today advising you how to have a good relationship. And that's why, uh, if Bridget Jones is to be believed, single women will be spending today sobbing into their pillows. I don't think women are like that. I think women are far more intelligent than we give them credit for. Although, really, I mean, I actually think men will be hit hardest. They'll be the one, yeah, of course, I'm saying, oh, it doesn't bother me, does it? I don't mind being single. Yes, you do. No, I don't, really. I said to somebody earlier on, actually, somebody on, on Christo's show, who is single, and I said, you know, I, I, do you mind being single? No, no, I'm fine with it, Steve, I'm fine. And you know they're not. You know they're not, because blokes don't like to admit... Especially if they're sort of young and good-looking. I mean, well, especially if they're young. In this day and age, a bit of a bonus, isn't it, to find somebody young who is single, because so many of them are... And there's, and, and there's quite a lot of sort of young single people around the LBC office. It's an absolute hotbed. In fact, the whole building, actually, is, uh, is a hotbed. Uh, one here that says, um, you give me jungle fever. And it says, to Steve, because I'm wild about you. Hope this brightens your day. It's nice. I always like to check the postmark, find out where it's come from, <laughs> just in case you know the area. So that's always very good. Is that a Moonpig card? No. That's a Marks and Spencer's card. Protecting the world's forests for the future. So that's always quite good, isn't it? This one's definitely Moon. I can spot Moonpig cards. They're very well presented. Very well presented. Very, very clever cards. And there's lots of those doing the rounds. And this one, it is Moonpig, actually. And this one is from a, a secret admirer in Langley in Berkshire. Narrows it down, doesn't it? It's got Steve Allen, love the strip tees, but must the clothes be all over the floor? Question mark. Steve, happy Valentine's Day. Lots of love. A secret admirer in Langley in Berkshire. Not too far away, is it, Langley in Berkshire? We know Langley very well indeed. Thank you very much indeed for those ones. Do you, do you mind being single on Valentine's Day? Are you sick to death of it already? Are you really fed up with it? It's only six o'clock in the morning and already you're thinking, I'm practically suicidal. I haven't got any cards. I didn't get any cards the other day, and I'm not very happy about it. Apparently, uh, a senior consumer and lifestyle analyst at Mintel, Alexandra Richmond, says singles are more likely than those in couples to feel they don't have to justify their expenditure. Because many men still believe women should take care of the house and the home and so feel ill-equipped to do it themselves when they don't have a partner. I've been watching that dreadful programme, The Housewives of Orange County. What a ghastly bunch of old bags they are. Not one of them can keep their family together. There was one, she turned up. I can't remember her name now. She's very irritating. very ir And she's trying to present herself as, oh, I'm just so marvellous and so great and all the rest of it. And she turned up at her son's thing, and it was on a, a soccer match day. And so she went, and so he's got all his friends in his house. And so she goes, are you pleased to see me playing the little girl? Whereas, in fact, she's about 70 or something. And he went, no. And so she went, oh, you are really? And she, he went, no, I'm not. What are you doing down here? What are you expecting? And he quite clearly hates her, like the rest of us, because she's, I think her name's Vicky. 
She's so irritating. I mean, she quite clearly doesn't see herself for the irritant which the rest of us see her for. And so she, she, I mean, she, t- she turns up, not just herself, but with a film crew. And he quite clearly is very, very fed up. When, you know, he said, Mum, what are you doing? I've got my friends round. You know, what are you expecting? And then she said, I don't know. You made me look stupid. And so she starts crying. And so his friends go, listen, go and, go and see her, for God's sake. You know, give her a hug. And he doesn't. He goes into the bathroom, and she's still sobbing her heart out over the toilet. And, um, and then he says, look, pull yourself together, dry your eyes, and come back in the other room. But he quite clearly doesn't want to see her there, because she's irritating. You know, and she's so false. If ever she turned up in this country, we'd have to tell her how false she was, because she's just absolutely dreadful. She's one of those sort of people... In fact, the whole lot of them are ghastly. There's one woman, her husband's away about 300 days of the year. So she's not keeping her marriage together very well. They've all got dysfunctional children who are either in rehab, have been in the uh, state penitentiary or something else, and they're all ghastly. And yet then, then they discovered Jimmy Choo Shoes. And, uh, and they then spend their $1,600 on a, on a pair of boots or a pair of shoes and everything else because they have to be seen to be spending it. They're all so dreadfully vacuous. I've, I was just amazed at how ghastly Orange County women are. I mean, they really are dreadful. They're so, they're so awful. They all hate each other. Nobody likes each other. Nobody's actually got any genuine friends. They all pretend. A bit like living in Ilford, I suppose, really, except, you know, without, without the money, because it's a very depressed place. If you live in Ilford, you're very unhappy. If you live in Enfield, you're very unhappy. If you live in West London, you're very unhappy. In fact, you seem to be unhappy over most of London at the moment. It's not good news, is it? I thought as Londoners, we're fairly cheerful and upbeat. I think we're all we're all quite nice people. Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. Is your part of London cheerful, or is it or is it downbeat? I like to think Twickenham's fairly happy. All fairly happy in the fish shop. Goods the chemist. They're very happy. Paul Cooper's fairly happy. Everybody's fairly happy. I don't understand why. I mean, even people in M and S are very happy. Sometimes the, the people on the tills of Waitrose could do with a smile factor. You feel like saying to him, come on, smile a bit more, try and look a bit happier, and try and speed up a bit, but it is the, it is the geriatric hangout, I'm afraid, of the till staff, you know, where they get the oldest people in the world, and they sit there, and they just... Uh, you could fall asleep waiting for the till checkout people to work to a speed that is acceptable in this day and age. News at six, coming up very shortly with Sam Pittis, and then uh, back with more of your cards, and, uh, and the fact that we're, we're just losing the elderly, and we'll go through the papers this morning and find out just how romantic we can be, OK? We'll recreate the magic just for you on fm online and digital radio london's allen morning five past six i can't remember the name of a film you might have to help me out actually uh i've got it at home but i think it was on uh, an import and it's lucille ball playing a bag lady uh it's not a fantastic film but i think it was one of the last things that she ever made and uh one of my uh, one of my listeners, who's Jill, wants to wants to know the title of it. She, can't, she doesn't have the internet, which doesn't help actually, because you can't really buy these things anywhere else apart from on the internet. Talking this morning about happy places. Apparently, in London, they're all depressing. You, nobody's happy in London. You're all miserable. West London, South London, sorry, South London. Uh, also, Ilford, Harrow, Harrow, and uh, where else was there? Enfield. All miserable places. And I'm trying to find some places that are remotely, even minusculely happy. 0845 973 It'd be quite nice to find somewhere that you think is a happy place. Do tell me where it is, because at the moment we're having great difficulty finding anywhere happy. And also, if you're happy to be single, 
We definitely want to hear from you today, because it's Valentine's Day, and it's, it's traditionally the day where, if you're single, you're going out looking for somebody, and if you can't find them, you stay at home being very depressed, and you'll be plagued with all these meals. Go and buy the meal for two. Eat it yourself. Get two bits of steak. You get two desserts. You get a whole bottle of wine by yourself and a box of chocolates, all for 20 quid. And so some of the supermarkets are even cheaper than that. Very, you can do that, can't you? Yeah, you just, just share a meal. It's so cheap. Oh, it's really, really very good money. Very good money. Roy's going to come up with a happy place, I think. Well, hopefully. Morning, Roy. Hey, good morning. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing all right. If, have you got a happy place for us or one you oh, want to move yeah. to? Uh, I have moved already. Last November, I moved to Stanmore. I've been all around in London, basically right. West London, North London, and everywhere. I wasn't really happy with the area. And finally, now in Stanmore, I feel like at home. People are happy. People are friendly. There's no crime. It's a great area to be in. You know, you go out on the street, people are greeting you. Mm. It's just like in small towns, small villages. Wow. Blimey, this is uh, this is surprising. I mean, I've heard it said of Stanmore before, but I've never actually spoken to anybody from there. Well, there's always a first time. And, uh, so so what, what what are the high points of Stanmore? Do you have nice shopping? Uh, shopping areas, there aren't, uh, there aren't as many shops as there would be in different areas. But in the meantime, the shops are clean, the people in there are friendly, the staff is very, yeah. very nice. It's, it, it's always nice to be outside on the street, it's nice to be in a house, you know, the, there's no police cars with sirens running by all the time. Oh, isn't that the bane of everybody's life? Oh, yes it oh, is, I guess it terrible. is. Terrible, even better, in our area. You know, you'd be standing there by the bus stop and, you know, half a dozen cars would go past, police cars with sirens on. Yeah, I know, it's terrible. Oh, it's awful, it's awful. So h- how long have you lived there now? Uh, I've been there since last November, and every oh. day there's been a joy. Blimey. Well, you, listen, you, you need to be very careful about this. You don't want to put the price of the property up. <laughs> if all of a sudden yeah, the price well. of the property goes up, it's all right if you live there. If you're trying to move into the area, not very good at all. So you, you would recommend it for people? Oh, yeah, definitely would. But it's not the cheapest area to be in, but no. it's worth the money. Worth the money. OK. Roy, thank you for that. So, uh, Stanmore gets the big... Th- thank goodness for that. I'm getting a bit worried, actually, that you can't actually find an area of London that isn't, that isn't happy. And Stanmore's happy. He likes it, you can tell. He's very happy with Stanmore. He's been in lots of other areas. Full of joy. Stanmore. Clean shops. People nice, nice in the house, nice out of the house. It's unheard of. It's unheard of, isn't it? Unless you've got a, another area. I mean, perhaps we can find somebody from Ilford or Harrow or Enfield who can say, you know, this? it's not really depressing at all. It's really quite a nice area. I don't mind being single, says Manchester, as I've 60 of the crumblies to spend the day with. Thank you. He said, the idea of recreating the first date, sadly, if I was to take my first girlfriend back to where we had our first evening out together, we'd be in the middle of a Lidl supermarket aisle rather than the balcony of the Odeon that used to occupy the site. That's the trouble, isn't it? That's the trouble when they all, all these sort of places change... And you say you cut because th- th- this was what one of the uh, the experts said. Go back and recreate an area. You know, go back and relive some of your early dates. I suppose you could really, but I don't. I don't think it works like that. I don't. You know, I mean, some of the early dates. You know, you went out with them. You know, all all very all very nice. But then after a while, you you kind of sort of grow up, don't you, and sort of get over it. I'm just checking actually on on uh, cauliflower soup. Uh, very good for you. Uh, leek, onion, cauliflower, bit of olive oil, homemade chicken stock, chives. I think it may be a bit thin for your liking, so feel free to bin it. You're joking. I'm looking forward to this today with my crusty bread. I'm a dipping person. I don't, I'm not bothered about thin soups. I do thin soups. I've done Jewish penicillin. I've done chicken soup. Nothing, nothing comes thinner than that, thank you very much indeed. So, fear not, 
said he. Uh, oh, just a gentle reminder, says Brigitte, that tonight is Jeff Brazier's speed dating night at Tesco Cafe in Chessant that I told you about. I'd hate you to miss the opportunity of going. I'd love to be a fly on the wall. She says, out, that'd be so funny, poor old Jeff Brazier. He's managed to get himself a job at the local Tesco Cafe, which is fantastic. Obviously going way up in the world, or down in the world. She says, over here in Little Hormead, we're very happy, even if they never grip the roads when it's icy. And happy Valentine's Day, Steve. Thank you, Brigitte. Happy Valentine's Day to you. I'm sure that you uh, both will have a lovely time tonight. I'm so sad to be missing Jeff Brazier's speed dating. I think he'll be taught with our air. Oh, yeah, speed dating. Because he's, uh, I think he's, is he single again? God knows, they don't seem to last five minutes, do they, really? And um, I love listening to you after Christo. Uh, I came through Clapham Junction with all the marching ants. I couldn't believe... Uh, one evening, a girl of about two was walking down the steps. Something made me laugh uh, as the mother was in front, and it's something I know I let my children do. But the tide of people stormed down the steps, and I had to grab her and bring her down. Because it's, you know, people get... You know, if, when, you, when you get off at Waterloo Station, there's like a tide of people come towards you. It's like a, a wave. It's phenomenal. Go to see Wicked, says Vesta. Uh, it's my partner of 20 years, a birthday of the day after. We've never really celebrated. And it's always been a rip-off, so we go out on his birthday. We go to see Wicked on our daughter's birthday in March, and that's how we will, we will celebrate Valentine's Day. Fantastic. 84850, uk or 08456060973. Julian Feltham says she made a lot of ladies very happy this morning. Well, one does one's best. And at the Lucille Ball, it's called Stone Pillow. Thank you. 1985 it was. Thank you, Jeremy. Well done. He says, IMDB has a very good free iPhone app. You could spend ages. So it's called Stone Pillow, and she plays a, a, a bag lady. It's a funny title for a film, but uh, it was Lucille Ball. When you think she was the biggest comedic star in, uh, in America, had her own uh, film company, Desilu, which was uh, her and the old man. So for my lady in... Um, in... Where is she? She's in Stevenage in Hertfordshire. She says, I haven't got a computer, and uh, where can I get it from? You can only get it from the, from the computer, I'm afraid. You can't, you can't sort of do it any other way. But ask, ask somebody to go onto the internet and just type in Stone Pillow Lucille Ball, and, uh, and they can then do it for you. But uh, you need, young lady, a computer to do it, OK? So either go to the local library and ask them to do it for you. It's, uh, it's very simple, and then you can order it that way. You have to have a credit card as well, because that's how you have to pay for these things. You won't find it. I'd be very surprised if you find it in a shop. Very, very surprised if you find it in a shop, because it's going to be one of those that, uh, that comes from America. Talking from America, Nick Ferrari this morning. Uh, the father of the girl who lost most of her ear in that savage dog attack will speak to Nick about the owner's sentencing, which I think was... A community service, wasn't it? It wasn't even that much. And also, a former member of the Met Police will be telling Nick Ferrari how Ali Desai damaged the force because uh, he's back in prison again. Another three years. He's out, he's in, he's in. He's a bit like the hokey-cokey at the moment. So uh, we'll be also finding out whether or not commuters have lost their basic humanity. This is after the 14-year-old boy who collapsed. He fainted on a station, banged his head, and people walked over him. We'll be sending our reporters out to put it to the test, plus looking at the papers this morning. David Wooding, former political editor at the News of the World. Uh, Al-Qatada, how damaging is this case to our justice system? It's just absolutely ludicrous, isn't it? We've got somebody over here who the government have said is a danger, and uh, the European Union has said no, no. I mean, why don't we just ignore the European Union? What are they going to do? Kick us out? Could be the best thing that's ever happened, probably. 13 minutes past six. LBC 97.3...
Morning, 18 minutes past six. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, I'd like to win Steve a romantic dinner for two, then turn up tonight and eat both of them. Well, actually, if you go out and buy one in the supermarkets, because they're offering such good deals, why not? I mean, if, if you've got a flatmate, you don't have to be romantic, do you? You can just sort of buy a, a meal for two. They've got steak, all sorts of things. And then you go, listen, we've managed to get a bottle of wine, a box of chocolates, a dessert, a starter and a main course and a side order. For 20 quid. I mean, it's a bargain, isn't it? Uh, we're also trying to find your nice areas of London, because apparently we're all terribly depressed. You know, everywhere in London is depressing. There's no there's no good areas. We did have a recommendation from Roy for Stanmore. Let's see if Jane can put somewhere else on the map. Morning, Jane. Oh, hi, Steve. Oh, I just want to tell you that another lovely place to live is Pinner. It's so... It's, it's pleasant. It's got history. It's got a lovely small park. It's got a good energy... Um, the shopkeepers are really pleasant. They sort of... It, it, it's just a really, really nice place to live. And so let, let, let me guess, that that's where you live? I do, yes. <laughs> and have you lived there a well, long actually, time? I live in a, a little... Uh, just outside, it's called Hachen, but actually Pinner is where I um, go mostly. It, it's, just, it's just got a good energy, it's just lovely, mm. and I never get tired of sort of just even having a browse around the shops there. No. And the people are lovely. Hatch End's nice. I know Hatch End very well. Oh, do you? Yes, yeah, very that, well. Yeah, that's pleasant too. It's full of restaurants Yes, now. yes. And, um, but, uh, but, so the whole area, so your other fellow was saying about Stanmore, and I think that Pinner and, as I say, Hatch End, it, it's not so much, it's the energy there and the, the whole feel of the place is very pleasant. Yes. So not everywhere is horrible. And also, I have to tell you that wherever you live, you have to take yourself with, so if you change your attitude, perhaps you can help make everywhere a bit better. Absolutely. Jane, thank you for that. Jane summed it all up. It's exactly what I said before, which is, if you go into an area, you can make it whatever you want. You know, if you go round there and you go, oh, I've got a downer on the area, that's why I, I can walk through Twickenham. I can smile all the way through Twickenham, because I know so many people. I can walk one end of the high street to the other. I can say hello to about ten people every day, quite easily. You know, you can sit from, from the train station all the way down you know, to Starbucks, to Iceland, to Eric in Iceland, and uh, the young girls in there, to the fish shop over the road, Mr and Mrs Modi, the frame shop, Marks and Spencers, Thomas up in the dry cleaners, Mel. You know, everybody. Michael and all the lot in the hairdressers and Mariusz and, and Kasia and everybody there. I know everybody. I know loads of people. Goods the chemist. Oh, sorry, I forgot Goods the chemist. And then we've got all the pubs. We've got Alec and Hillary down at the Barmy. And, uh, I mean, it's all sorts of, there's just all sorts of people. You get to know it if you use your particular area. In fact, it's strange. I was thinking about it the other night. I was like, what are these strange sort of dreams? I was thinking about Richmond. I thought, if I moved to Richmond, it's quite nice. But there's no village atmosphere in Richmond. It's just a high street with some stores. I know a few people who've actually got, uh, got stores in Richmond. It's quite nice. But there's not the villagey atmosphere that, that Twickenham's got. Up the hill's quite nice, if you can walk up there. I mean, to be honest with you, I, mean, I find it a dreadful struggle walking up the hill. But quite nice, quite nice. Uh, Nick Ferrari will be talking, as I say, this morning about uh, Ali Desai, how much he's damaged the police. Uh, also, this fainting at the station and, and, and why we've lost our, our, our sense of, of, of just helping people out. We've sort of lost basic humanity. Uh, why as well... I've been talking this morning about being single. I don't think any of you mind being single. I don't think it makes the slightest difference whether you're single on Valentine's Day or any other day. Uh, Lucille Ball, uh, the character was called Flora Bell in this film Stone Pillow, and uh, made in 85, and it was uh, after her grandma, a TV movie 
uh, don't think. It's available to buy. She took ill shortly after filming and never recovered. He says, you've called me several things before, just Manchester isn't usually one of them. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> one here, it says, uh, there's a link to uh, all Lucille Ball movies, uh, which is on IMDb. It doesn't help, she hasn't got a, a computer. So uh, you need a computer. Would you be uh, buying a packet of rose petals that Waitrose have in their chiller cabinet for the meal deal, says Debbie. They do rose petals, do they, actually? Oh, oh I like, quite like the sound of that. I, I, I bought the other week, uh, the other year, nasturtium petals. Have you ever seen those? You can eat those. And you put them on, on salads, but they're all pretty colours. Nastur- yeah, nasturtium petal. They're very good, actually. Uh, Jan... Morning, Jan. Says, happy Valentine's Day, Steve. Hornchurch is a happy place when you visit. It is. We've not visited for a while, have we? We'll have to try and sort that out this year. And uh, one here that says, being single for too long is not good. I've never had a card ever. Lost my girlfriend over seven years ago, my first love. And she went off with another bloke. It ended badly. I'm OK. But uh, and I've got my life, my music and my football. So four out of five. And I've got a belief Anybody single out there, stay strong. Absolutely. This is no problem with being single at all. It's fantastic. Stuart uh, uh, says, uh, I'm up at this hour with severe stomach cramps. and I've got your show to listen to. Any ideas? I can't do stomach cramps, actually, apart from recommending the bathroom. Pete in Liverpool says, I live right here on the coast in Liverpool. Tis lovely to walk along the shoreline among the dunes, which is lovely. So uh, so that's, that's good news. People like that, actually, don't they? I love walking up. Croydon, says Darren. It's a very happy place. Great pubs, restaurants and shops. Countryside is on the doorstep. And don't forget the Fairfield Halls. How could I? I've played there twice. Uh, Emma in Stanmore says, I live in Stanmore. I have to say, it's one of the most pleasant places in London. Clean, green and well-groomed. Well-groomed. I like an area that's well-groomed. And uh, and Neil, the printer, in very happy Enfield. Didn't didn't rate happy in the... In the ratings, I'm afraid. A little bit depressing, isn't it? He says, happy Valentine to Lorraine. I don't know how she puts up with me. Love her lots. I like that love her lots bit. It's good, isn't it? And uh, and Lynn says, forget Stanmore. Come up to the hill to beautiful Bushy. We're a very, very happy bunch. And uh, Steve, I don't, I don't think recreating one of my husband's first dates is a good idea. Standing in the middle of a field on a naturist camp on a wet February day is just not on. But I'm not giving my, my name. <laughs> Don't worry, we can find out. Uh, Revy from Luton. Sorry? Oh, sorry. Revy from Luton says, uh, Luton's a happy town. People are friendly. Happy Valentine's Day. And another good film, Steve, is uh, is Edna the Inebriate Woman. Edna the Inebriate Woman. Matty, morning. Hi, morning, Steve. How are you? I'm good. So, uh, good about... Uh, well, it's Happy Valentine's Day, first of all. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I would like to represent uh, for South East London. All right. Uh, 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 Bromley is one of the happiest towns I have ever seen. It, well, I, I know it's happy because I was born there. Was are you? Uh, yes, Bromley is my is my place of birth, and I've never been back there since. Oh, lovely! Uh, there's a nice uh, shopping centre in the Glades. There, it's excellent, and all mm. very very nice schools around here. About more than six grammar schools around this area, right. and people. London, uh, to Victoria, and uh, Charing Cross. It's an uh, excellent, so uh, good commuter town, uh, you know, lovely. And are they nice people, Matty? Oh. Was that, I, uh, I mean, I, I think it's the mix. Yeah. <laughs> Matty, I've got to leave it because your, your phone's cracking up. That's the trouble with these hands-free things. After a while, they... <laughs> like that. And it's like sort of listening to somebody through a wind tunnel. But we get, we get the idea that Bromley is a nice place. I've not been back there. 
Perhaps I should go back to Bromley. Perhaps I need to go back to Brentwood and bump into everybody down there. Because uh, I have been back a few times, actually, mainly just to do some shopping with the godchildren. Uh, Steve Allen, I adore being single between Christmas and Valentine's. Wouldn't think of doing otherwise. I've saved a small fortune. And uh, Valentine's Day, as most are looking for a convenient date and not love... I know, it's dreadful, isn't it? And Colin in Glasgow says, I couldn't reenact my first date. The picture hall's closed and the pub we went to is now... Here you go. I'm snuggled in bed with toast and honey, a mug of Yorkshire tea, and my cat Bruno. Big love to all my crumbly friends. On Facebook. There you go. So, happy Valentine's. Don't worry, it's not the end of the world. You know, the fact that I got quite a number of cards and uh, cauliflower soup and grapes and everything else. It's not, really not something to worry about. Listen, mustn't be jealous of, uh, of other things that people have got. I'm back. Good news, by which time I'll have eaten myself out of house and home. I'll have eaten all the uh, the grapes and everything else. Front pages of the papers, Adele, music's new superstar, because we have a link deal on this programme, which is good. The Daily Mirror, Whitney's zombie Annie. Now they're keeping a watch on her daughter as well. The Daily Star, Whitney's girl on suicide watch. And Adele's six Grammys, and how you can win uh, Valentine's goodies. The Sun, grab a Grammy, which is very good. Adele winning six gongs. And Whitney, drugs, doc quizzed. I'd rather die than endure the treatment and the pain of advanced cancer treatment by Martin Skur and also uh, Freed Katada, pictured before he went into prison and there's pictures in some of the other papers as well uh, of him just coming outside with his wife as well. Uh, I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Don't forget we'll have a free podcast up for you very, very shortly on LBC. You see the cough's got much better, so much better all on the advice of Sam Pitchers. He said, don't drink alcohol. Worst three hours of my entire life, but never mind. I did do it, and I haven't coughed once during the programme. How clever am I? Coming up next on LBC 97.3, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder. We're all thinking more economically these days. Belts must be tightened. Difficult decisions are to be made. You may have to switch to a car you might previously never have considered. A BMW. The new BMW 116D Efficient Dynamics is exempt from road tax and the daily congestion charge, saving as much